Did you know that this podcast is a part of the Jayzo Modcast Podcast Network? Chances are, if you enjoy this show, you'll find other great podcasts on the network, too. The Jayzo Modcast Network offers you a choice of shows seven days a week, starting with Monday. Join Rebecca C. Lofgren, Aaron Illick, and David K. Montoya in Seeing Red. The trio dive deep down the rabbit hole each week with a combination of geek and weird news. Then on Tuesdays, join the boys from the Great White North, Mike Lutz, Rob Bellamy, and Jason Beckard in the movie Madhouse as they bring you everything Hollywood and more. On Wednesdays, Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe, where he crosses the line of limits as he gives us news that is unforgettable and personal views that you'll definitely remember as well. Spend Thursdays with Jim Bennett and Nick McKelvey as they join forces in American Fat Ass Podcast to talk about various topics from news, sports, to their personal lives, all the while with a humorous slant in an unapologetic fashion. Fridays, Rob Bellamy is joined with Mike Lutz as they jump in the Wayback Machine to explore the archives of the JZO Modcast to give you three hours of audio entertainment in Flashback Fridays. Saturdays, join JZO Modcast founder David K. Montoya as he explores the world for a single of Who's the Boss? Then Sundays, finish the week with What We Think with hosts S. Sadie Burbank and David K. Montoya as they tell us exactly what they think about pop culture, celebrities, and the world at large with a ton of vulgarity mixed in for good measure. The JZO Modcast Podcast Network. We've got what you want seven days a week for free. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And don't forget to check us out at jazelmon.com slash jazelmodcast. And now enjoy this free jazelmodcast show. And welcome to Flashback Fridays. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, kids, before we even get started, don't worry. I did not fire Rob and Mike. Uh, they are taking a little vacation just to kind of rest their voices. And then next week, they'll be back up and running. So I figured, you know, I, I haven't bugged you guys in, what, two months now? I, so I'll go ahead and jump in and and catch you all up to speed of where I've been, what I'm doing, and all that good jazz. Um, but first, let me explain. If you're new to Flashback Fridays, we get together each and every Friday. We dip into the JZO Modcast archives, and we pull three random episodes from everything that we've ever recorded. So that's Scene Red, the movie Madhouse, the Tree Frog Expose Cafe, the American Fat Ass Podcast, and let's see, what we think, and then shows that we've even stopped recording, like Win in Burbank, Sheer Darkness, uh, Don't Get Us Started, and Saturday Segment. So we have a plethora of back episodes to share with you. Um, so while I've been away, 
and I'm still doing my regular shows. I stopped doing the Flashback Fridays. Uh, I've been working on a different uh, project as of last Friday, which was the 30th. I have a brand new book coming out. It is called It's a Dark Ride, and it's a joint publication through the Jaisalmon Publication and Mythwork Publications. Uh, you'll be able to check that out very soon on Mythmart, or you can go to Amazon.com, type in David K. Montoya, It's a Dark Ride, and you'll be able to find it there in print and in uh, ebook format. Okay, kids, so let's just go ahead and jump right into the show. I had to go and find my cauldron of numbers because it's been such a long time. So what I'm going to do is I have a nice cauldron, and I have a whole bunch of numbers inside. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull it. I'm going to read the episode, and then I'm going to pull it up online, and then I'm going to give you a synopsis of what the show is. Okay, so the first episode for this show is when in burbank number 16 and that was recorded last year april 9th 2013 and it says that this week sadie and dave cover a long range of subjects from brief talking about their new audio rig and then get into the hdtv on us about sadie's garden from there they get into a lengthy topic about writing her graphic novel and visits to Burbank once again in Burbank flashbacks. All right, kids, so go ahead, sit back, and enjoy. Win in Burbank number 16, Anything Goes. Welcome to Win in Burbank. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am Miss Sadie Burbank. So how do you like the new rig? I think it's cool. Very, very professional-looking. What we got, folks, is we actually got a mechanical arm attached to the mic. And before, you know, it was just a little stand All that right. the mic sat on. And right. then we kind of hovered around that mic to speak into it. So now that it's up, it's mouth level, it'll, you know, will sound better, too. I certainly hope so. And for the delight of the listeners, <laughs> if at any point where I have to let Cody into the house, he cannot sniff the mic. Yes. It's up too high. It's unsniffable. Yes. Well, I wouldn't say unsniffable. Well. He's a big dog. Difficult to sniffable. So how was your week? How was my week? My week was good because it was getting warmer every day. We had that rainy spell that I spoke about. And then they started saying, oh, it's going to snow, it's going to snow, it's going to snow. But it never really did. At least if it did, I didn't see it. No, nothing here. Nothing to rave about. But we did get a little more rain, and that was good. We all, you know, in the desert in California, Southern California, we always need more rain. Wash my SUV. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and um, it just gradually, it's been warmer. I had the door open today, you know, and when I got up this morning, it was actually warmer outside than it was in my house. Right. So I had to open the door to kind of even things out a little bit, and that was that's a nice, refreshing change. The bunnies are hopping around. I think we managed to kill our squirrel. We have a squirrel in the backyard that, that every time Ernie would plant something last summer. Yeah, we talked about it last episode. Munch and eat and stuff. Oh, good. The owner put the buffet out. Let's go eat. You know, that kind right. of bullshit. So is it a confirmed death? <laughs> well, yeah, because he covered up all the holes, you know, so right. that if he if the squirrel dug out, we'd know it. Right. You know? And nothing. 
and then he found another hole today. And so he said, I, he's, I guess he hadn't covered that one up to start with. So he did today. So then tomorrow we'll check it and see. Because I guess they come out every day right. or night. And, you know, either that or they like suffocate or go away. I don't know what the hell they do in there. But anyway, whatever it is, he'd, there'd be a disturbance at the ground level. And so tomorrow we'll check and see. <laughs> I think we killed him. <laughs> and my bunny's still hopping around in the front yard, so that's cool. He didn't get... Uh, my neighbor thinks the bunny's eating her garden. Oh, really? I, I swear, I don't think that rabbit is eating the green stuff. He just eats dead, le- dead twigs and... Not twigs. Little, little grassy things that come up in the dirt, you know, and right. and then they turn brown. I don't yeah. know what they are. Weeds, you know. Like crabgrass. Yeah, kind of. He eats that. Well, we don't have grass. We don't have a lawn. We have rocks. Right. And dirt. And, um, but these weeds, after they poke their heads up and they grow, then they, in the summertime, they turn brown along with everything else here. <laughs> and the, that's what the rabbits eat. I have never seen them eating anything but that. They eat those little brown tufts of grass. I don't know why, but they do. Anyhow, um, bunny's still hopping. Haven't seen a squirrel, so we're excited about that. We still have more poison if we need it, but I don't think we're going to need it. I'm, I'm hoping because he wants to plant a garden again this year. Right. He, you know, it, he's so funny. He's like little Farmer John. You know, he gets different kinds of um, veggies. He likes to get the heirloom tomatoes and uh, just weird different plants. You know, I myself enjoy some of the stranger. Um, More exotic? Well, different. Like, I, I like lovage. You probably have no clue what love is. No, I've never heard of it. But people in Alaska, we have listeners in Alaska, some of you may know what Lovage is because I uh, saw, you know that guy that um, does those survival shows, you know, where he... Survivor Man? I guess that would be him, yeah. And he, you know, they drop him off with a hatchet and a sleeping bag or some thing. Yeah. And, you know, leave him there for a week and come back and, of course, him and the cameraman are the only people there, so I don't know who's really starving. But in any case, he, he goes around showing you, look, you can eat the bark off a pine tree if you have to and that stuff. Right. Well, anyhow, one of his shows, I believe, I saw him demonstrating uh, finding and eating lovage. And what it is, is a, a herb. We've talked about herbs and herbs before uh, and it's um, leaf is similar looking to a, sort of looks like a cross between the Italian parsley the big flat leaf parsley and celery leaves and it has a taste that's really unique I enjoy it very much um, but some people say it's reminiscent of celery okay in some regard anyhow I grow that every uh, every year. No, what is that called again? It's called Lovage. Lovage. L-O-V-A-G-E. And I have a pot of it that I keep indoors during the winter. And it's sort of like this year I brought it in too late. So it really didn't do too well through the winter. So I didn't really get to harvest anything. But it's already shot up several sprigs now. And I can put it in my salad. And I just, I really adore it. It's so good. Uh, And then Ernie likes to grow this... um, Japanese herb 
down. I can't ever remember the name to it uh, for it. I'm not going to even try now. <laughs> um, but anyhow, we we put those in our salads, you know, a lot. Um, and then I like to grow peppers. I like a thing called a Mexi bell, which is a sort of a spicy hot bell pepper. Ooh. Yeah, they're hard to find, but when you can find them, they're really good. Um, and then Japanese eggplant we like. And uh, I can't remember what else we planted. We planted a lot of, oh, jalapenos. I, I go through a lot of jalapenos. And um, it would be fun to be able to actually grow them. But boy, do the squirrels like those plants. I mean, we put out six plants one day, and the next day there were six sticks. Stubs. And all, yeah, and all the leaves were gone. You know, it was like, oh, there's a song there. All the leaves were gone. Anyway, um, the squirrel did it. Mama's in the Papa's California Dream. Absolutely. I had to think about it. Absolutely. That is it. 60-something. Um, anyhow, three, I think, but I'm not sure. Anyway, um, that that's our gardening effort. We, at one time, we put out a couple of rows of strawberries, and they did really, really good one time. Right. But then not so much. Uh, and this year, he's already got a little, uh, <clears throat> he's got this sort of plastic-coated uh, chicken wire thing he's going to put out and encircle the garden and make it less visible to the predators, so to speak. Okay. <clears throat> we also have a lot in our backyard. Uh, ravens, a lot, and those suckers are big. My God, they're almost yeah. as big as a turkey. You know, I mean, they really are. They're huge, and I don't know how much they, how much damage they did. I know they probably went for the tomatoes and stuff like that. You know, because I mean, they're eating too. Right. So hopefully we can coexist. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know. I'll put. I'll put stuff out for the ravens too, and kill them if I have to. Now, let me give you an update. The listeners aren't going to know what I'm talking about, but okay. you will. Okay. But they'll they'll catch what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, you made us some bread last oh, week. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, how was it? Um, there is no survivors. <laughs> yeah, in the bread, uh, yes. you mean. <laughs> yes. Um, I had probably about four or five slices myself. I don't know how many lace you had. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty tasty, huh? But I, I'm not joking. Jaden. <laughs> ate about half of Did that. he really? Oh, bless his heart. I'm so glad he liked it. He kept going back and forth. Back and, and I was like, oh, I couldn't figure out what yeah. he was doing. He, he would go in you know, the kitchen. Yeah. I hear rumbling and then he walked back out. And then maybe I should have told you too, if you like yogurt, do you guys eat yogurt? Yes. I'm a big freak for uh, the Greek yogurt, uh-huh. but I'm very particular what brand I buy. It's called, it's pronounced Fahey. It's F-A-G-E. It's the only Greek yogurt in the markets that I've been able to find that's really Greek yogurt. A lot of them claim to be, but it really is. Anyhow, uh, I eat that that squash bread with yogurt with it. Oh, mm. God. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> really good. Well, I, I got up because it was a session. Um, I got into playing video games. Um, Jaden got me into it. But anyway, uh, I got up to go get me a piece, and it was gone. Uh, I mean, it, it was literally uh, gone. Well, I'm really, really glad you liked it. And I kept the recipe, and I made notes because I had changed it slightly. I did, you know, I I can't ever take a recipe and do what they say. I always have to tweak it. Right. Um, but I also have some of the squash 
that I cooked for, or that I cooked and used in this bread. And I was going to say cooked for it, but I didn't really cook it for that purpose. I just cooked it because I had the squash and needed to get cooked. Right. Excuse me. And so I froze two batches worth more. So there will be some more forthcoming. All right. <laughs> but I'm really glad you like it. I thought it was pretty tasty myself, and Ernie liked it. Yes, too. we enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad. Good. Okay. Well, we're going to move off of HGTV for a minute. No, that's not. That's home. Home food and network. Home and garden. Yeah, <laughs> food network. <laughs> well, actually, it kind of was a home and garden yeah. kind of a moment there. Yeah. Um, have you done any writing? How's the comic coming along? Um, I have been working on the portraits. Okay. Okay. Um, but I modified my list. Do you remember the last time we spoke about it? I said, do I really have to go into such detail with my portraits of my characters? Right. And we decided that unless it's really pertinent, I don't. So I modified the list that I wanted to touch on as I'm describing my characters uh, and left out a few things that, you know, because you know me, I tend to... <clears throat> you get down to the eyelash. I, I, I do. I And I, you know, somebody says, this is what you have to do. I'm just there all the way, right. 100% in, and I'll do it, okay? Well, you don't really <laughs> have to do that much. Um, and so then I had to start over again with, with the main character. And I didn't so much rewrite as I did take out. Right. I took out a lot of stuff that I had put in there about him that really didn't need to be in there. Um, but one of the things that I, I came up with, was, and I don't remember if you told me to do this or not, I added to the list of things like facial characteristics or whatever. Mm -hmm. I added um, things like clothes, their wardrobe. Okay? Uh, the, yeah, yeah, you tell The kind of clothes that he generally wears. The style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He wears uh, plaid shirts, he wears uh, nothing but blue jeans, or he wears blue jeans and slacks, or whatever. So that later on I can instruct the illustrator uh, to dress him from his wardrobe for the occasion and not have to get real specific myself and say he has on a red plaid shirt with green stripes and a you know blah 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 because right. that when I'm writing is a real pain in the ass to have to do. There's so much that you have to give in the way of instructions to the illustrator as it is right. without having to paint the freaking walls for them as you go along. Right. You know, so um, I think that's going to help me later on down the line, assuming that whoever the illustrator is or becomes it understands the, the clothing descriptions right. that I've given. Uh, and of course, that would be one thing that that he or she would have to look at would be the characters' uh, descriptions and all of that. And, and I would expect that that time uh, the person would say, "I don't know what this is," or uh, "Do you mean this?" or "Do you mean that?" or what? And we'd get all that ironed out. Right. And then I wouldn't have to deal with it anymore. So it's kind of involved right now. But I think it'll pay off in the end. In the end. Um, plus, I had uh, fortunately I don't know what ever possessed me to do it, but when I first started 
getting this involved with, yeah, with the volumes, uh, I realized I was getting more characters than I expected. I didn't anticipate having so many characters. And so I made a list of them, fortunately. I made a list of their names and I made, uh, I made comments about where they enter the story, like what chapter, and in some cases even what page. So I would know how to reference them later on if I chose to. And I'm really, really glad now that I did that because I'd actually forgotten a lot about some of the characters. I'd even forgotten some of the characters at all. So it was kind of a surprise. I went, oh yeah, I remember her. Or, oh, I forgot about her. Or one of them I thought, well, shit, I never even gave her a last name. She should have a last name for crying out loud. Um, and so in, in retrospect, it's been kind of a good thing that I've gone through this sorting, you know, phase. Um, and, and I've gotten him, I've gotten him done. I've gotten her done. I've got her mother done. Uh, I'm working on her daughter. And there's like two or three other major characters that I'm going to be dealing with. And then from then on, it's just going to be fleshing out the uh, assorted supporting characters, if, if you will. So, right. so I can't say exactly where I am with it other than that. I'm, I'm in that process right now. It's, it's actually called the character development stage. That's where I'm at. And it's weird that I would have, you know, 12 pounds of story written <laughs> and never have gone into the character development stage. But that was only because I just didn't know how to. And I, and I did do it, but I did it in the course of this stupid book. So now when I get them finished, right? okay, then when I go to my rewrites, uh, you know, chapter by chapter, when I come to parts where I have put that information in, I can leave it out and I don't have to go there. And so I'm kind of excited about that too. It'll make the rewrites easier, more, more fun. Speaking of rewrites. Yes. Um, you know, every week for the last 15 weeks, I've been putting out the rewrite or the rewritten version of the end every Sunday. Uh -huh. I put out new. Uh -huh. Well, the book one is concluded. By the time they listen to this, it's concluded. Okay. I changed the ending. Oh, shit. <laughs> in fact, a lot of people um, had emailed me prior to this recording saying, well, I've read it on The World of Myth. I know where, I'm, where it's going. You know, there's not really that much big difference. Yeah. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to fix your wagon. Uh, Okay. Instead of a happily live, uh, live happily ever after. Yeah. One of the main character dies. Oh. Yeah. Oh. See, uh, the sister. One of the there's two sisters to the main character. Um, she in the original falls in love with this guy who takes command of Palace City, which is the mm -hmm. the, the it's Caesar's palace essentially is what it is. Mm -hmm. But they turned it into a little city. Well. He takes control of it, and she falls in love, and they live happily ever after. Mm -hmm. Well, it didn't happen that way anymore. It hardly ever does anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, he still takes control of the city. I thought that was a good bit. Yeah. But um, 
Nah, no, no love romance gonna be, there. Going to be a, a oh, I didn't see that coming. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> cool. Well, that's I think a good thing. And for because I did a tally um, as of right now, mm-hmm. we had just for the end, and I'm going to get ready to go into some numbers for the podcasting too. Mm-hmm. For the end, for the total. 14, that's where we're at right now, mm-hmm. this Sunday will be actually the conclusion. We had over 20,000 downloads. Wow. Wow. So, there, we're going to put out a book too. You know, Good weekly. idea. And then uh, we can talk about book three off air. Okay. Okay. Because I actually have something planned for that. Okay. Um, Win in Burbank is our number two show on the Jizzle Modcast. Is that right? Yes, it is. Oh. Well, that's um, all right. As of returning March 1st to March 12th, we have had over 6,000 downloads. Truly. Yes. Um, secondary to uh, Seeing Red, which I was honestly surprised because we just get on there and, and yeah, you know, there's really no course. Um, then number three. Who? Seeing Red. Oh, oh. I thought you said Z and, and I. Okay. Oh. And then number three is um, Sheer Darkness. Then after that, let's see, number... Sheer Darkness got... Sheer Darkness, I wanted it was like 43, 44. Yeah. downloads. Well, the numbers are going up. That's encouraging. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that we've got returners. Right. Uh, but somehow or other, we're getting more. They're enjoying it. I hope so. I hope so. I guess. I don't know. And, and I think it comes down to the, the listeners like, Jesus Christ, what are these two wackadoos going to talk about this week? Let's go find out. Oh, well, either that or, nah, man, they just sit there and babble all day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of true, too. But, yeah. Hey, welcome back. If you're coming back and listening because you like us, God bless you. <laughs> yeah, I'm thrilled. Um, and I don't know if I've mentioned this, and I'm not going to say the name, okay. because I know we've discussed this off-air, but I'm not 100% sure if we discussed this on-air. Okay. Um, we submitted an application to Internet Radio. Um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say the name, and then I'm just going to bleep it oh, out. Yeah, okay. 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 Uh, a few weeks ago, we submitted an application to be part of the radio program. Like, I know what that is. They're a big online radio... No offense to them, but I don't have a clue. Well, we're going to bleep them out, so no one's going to know. They won't know either. Okay. An online radio. Okay. With over... What'd they say? What happened to just radios? (laughs) Well, because everybody's already online with their iPhones and shit. Right. Okay, I got it. I got it. Um... Anyway, we submitted an application, and it's gone to the executive level. The execs are going to decide whether they're going to carry a Jason Wantcast or not. Really? The entire Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Yes. Would we have to clean up our language then? No. Oh, good. Absolutely. Fucking not. (laughs) Terrific. (laughs) Because I can't do that. You know that. You know, me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I can't. I when when I had patients and families and stuff like that, I had to work with. Uh-huh. Yeah, I you know I can actually go a whole hour without fucking off, you know, and uh, right, right. but um, I'd rather not. <laughs> you know what can I say? You know, it's funny because you say that, and um, a gentleman walked up to me at my my nighttime job, I guess I can call it, mm-hmm. and he's like, 
you, you, I like your your shows, but you say fuck a lot. And I'm your like, problem is, I'm like, I do. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. <laughs> yeah, but even people, and I don't go promote this at at, at the work. Your job, yeah. it's just spreading word of mouth. That's interesting. That's interesting. There are, you know, there are people. It's like, okay, when uh, I had to go over to the, um, I think I can say where I went. It's a business in town that has, sells and repairs computers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that's that's almost like saying going to Walmart or, or yeah, Kmart or something yeah. like that. Yeah, well, I went to the Geek Squad, okay? Okay, yeah, yeah. That's and good. I said uh, something about, um, I was upset with the way the computer was working and and anyway, I said it very nicely. Right. Not at all like myself. And and the comment from the man was spoke, spoken like a true lady. And I thought, well, thank you. That's very nice. <laughs> but what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> okay? I already thought I was, you know? It, uh, there's so, there's still so, it's, it's kind of like the racial thing. There's so much inequity. Mm-hmm. in the, the sexist thing. There is. You know, and and on top of it, now, I, I sort of get what he meant because if I was out in public, and let's say the thing was reversed. Let's say that I said something to him and he said, well, it's just a f- fucking big problem. I would probably be offended. Right. So I have, I have to say, I get where he's coming from. You know, we maintain a certain decorum. Right. You know, um, at least around people we don't really know very well, you know, or we're supposed to anyhow maintain. Uh, but at some point, we, you know, strip off our our masks, as it were, and just go ahead and become ourselves. And because we're with somebody that we know isn't going to be offended by that right. stripping, as it were. So, I don't know. I don't know why I went there, but anyway. It's okay. I, I was actually, it's a good segue into what I was about to say. Oh, good. You know, at this point, you've been to my house 16 times. And, and this is where we record. <laughs> yeah. You know, we record yeah. here in my, in my living room. Yes. And when my daughter first met you, she was very shy of oh, you. Oh, yes. She didn't want to touch me. Well, today... <laughs> She actually held your hand. And she went let for me a walk. carry her too, without yes. kicking and screaming, which wasn't easy because that kid's heavy. I gotta tell you, what does she weigh? About forty pounds? <laughs> about thirty-five, forty Jeez. pounds. I haven't picked up a kid for a long time. Oh man, I was doing all I could to get myself and her back to the sidewalk. But yeah, she's um, she's becoming more comfortable around me now. She recognizes my face, sound of my voice. After 16 weeks, I hope so. <laughs> well, I know, but, you know, at her age, if you aren't here, if you don't if you don't maintain the contact frequently, right. they do forget. It's like the my neighbor across the street that had the baby not too long ago. Mm-hmm. He's three months old now. and Or no, two months old. Wait, he was born... January 17th, February 17th, March 17th. Yeah, two months old on the 17th. And um, she came over a couple of days ago and just hung out for two or three hours. And I just got to hold him and mac on him and stuff like that. Because you know how little tiny babies are. They're so cool to mac on. And he and he just lets me, you know, because he don't think it better. You know, I'm sucking on his face and his eyes and stuff. 
and he was just totally digging it. And he's, it's really funny because she said he won't take a bottle from her. Oh, really? Yeah, he did for a while, but then he went, no, 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 I don't think so. Let's have the breast instead. You know, and it's like, well, if I'm going to babysit, he's going to have a little problem there. <laughs> Grandma has the equipment, but it doesn't work anymore. So she was laughing about that. I said, but I said, to tell you the truth, he'd probably take a bottle from me. Right. Because it's not the same. Number one. And number two, kid gets hungry enough, I promise you he'll take a bottle. Oh, yeah. Absolutely will. If I got hungry enough, I'd probably take a bottle. I would think so, <laughs> yes. So, but anyway, um, I, I told her before she came over, I had seen her the day before out at the mailboxes. You know how that goes. And I said, you know, bring the baby over and let's hang out together because I, I don't want him to get older not knowing who I am. Because right. if I'm going to be babysitting from time to time, I don't want to have to spend the first hour of every babysitting job with him fussing because he doesn't yeah. know who I am. So I said, let's keep this up. It's working now. Let's keep it going. So she did. She came over and, and hung out, like I said, for a couple hours. And it was, it was lots of fun. You know, I love... Especially two-month-old babies. Yeah. yeah, he gets to be bigger and heavier though, and I don't know. I'm gonna have to drag him around on a blanket or something. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and I've been doing my arm lifts and stuff. And you know what? I I was thinking when I when I was doing my arm lifts, I thought I should have something heavy in my hands because you know you're pressing weights. Right. And I thought, are you kidding? You know how much your arm weighs? That's plenty right there to lift that. So I'm doing those, and then my bike riding thing. And he's been doing his elliptical you know mm -hmm. and we've been increasing our time we're we're now up to like seven and a half almost eight minutes which doesn't sound like a lot but when we started we were panting after five right. so you know every little bit well in fact Lacey was just talking because you and her are going to start walking we're going to start walking yeah at the said, college she yeah. said with the the temperature starting to warm up you know yeah. That's one thing that she's looking forward to. I am. I am definitely. And we're going to have to do it in the evenings because it's too damn hot in the summertime here. Right. Uh, in the daytime to do it. It'll be plenty hot as it is in the evening. But it'll at least be evening hot, which right. is cooler than daytime hot. Those of you who live in the desert understand that. And, um, of course, we don't enjoy humidity here. We don't even allow humidity here. And so people back east that are dealing with 85 degrees and 95% humidity are in way more miserable condition than we are. I was going to say they can keep are. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd, I'll take 110 and 2% humidity anytime. Anytime. I cannot handle humidity. So anyhow, we... We very we went off on another right. tangent again. I was going to say real fast, if the listeners hear Cody in the back, and I think at this point we don't have to say my dog. We all they all know who Cody is at this point. Um, they would assume it's either your dog or your horse. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's actually grounded, so that's why he's not. Oh, is that what that was about? Yeah, yeah. you brought him in while we while I was blathering about something. You brought him in from the uh, backyard and walked him. I noticed. Yes. He's, he's into the bedroom. He's grounded. Has he been a naughty boy? Oh, that's right. He tore up the uh, ladybug, you said. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> um, 
usually when by the time you get over here you know i have all the equipment set and ready to go um you know as you came in the door i was sweating up the storm (laughs) trying to vacuum running around frantically finishing up because it's probably i'd say about 12 inches by maybe six inches high and it was made of rubber it was a bath uh bath toy and he tore it up he chewed it to bits hmm so well when you when you find yourself with nothing else to do and an extra couple hundred bucks uh enroll him in a doggy training course it won't do him they don't you know they don't teach a dog anything in dog training classes Mm -hmm. they teach the owners Ah. okay because what they teach you is how to be as the dog whisperer says you're the the lead dog of the pack Mm-hmm. And things go your way, not their way. And they teach you how to assume that role and how to communicate to your pet that um, that's just the way it's going to be. It's your way or the highway. And they don't want the highway. Right. Much as they might pretend they do. <laughs> so, yeah, I would advise it because he's a big dog. This is not the biggest house in the world. Right. And on top of that, you have a toddler. It just would be nice to have a dog that when you bring him into the house, you direct him to a spot and you tell him to stay there. And he does. And he doesn't get up and bother you. And then you have to teach him how to deal with separation and, you know, all of that sort of thing. So that when you go, they don't shred your house for you. Right. You know, because they'll do that if they don't like you know but see I, I'm experienced with actually I did we did have a big dog at one point but most of our dogs have been little dogs little dogs can do a lot of damage too but they're also easier to um, confine right and with our last dog Riley we taught him from the time he was a baby he was in we had this folding open cage kind of thing mm-hmm. it would it just unfolded you know and you could encircle a, a, an area on the living room floor or whatever and close it up and it actually had a little clamp to you know literally close it oh and then it, it just sort of stands on its own freestanding and as long as the dog doesn't really get carried away and like jump at it and push it it'll stay standing up well, he never did learn that he could jump. We never taught him that he could, and he never explored the possibilities for himself. So from the time he was little, we would put him in there, and he had his little water dish and a little food dish and a little blanket, a little bed or whatever, and a couple of toys, and that was his place. Right. And it actually, it got to be, and then when we had to go to work, we would put him in there. I always left the television on anyway for, for the sound of people in the house. Right. And, uh, and lights, of course. And we would put him in there and make sure he had everything he needed and had already been pottied and pooped and all that kind of stuff. And then we'd just say, bye-bye. And that was it. No, oh, mommy's going to leave you now. Or, no, Mm-mm. no, bye-bye. And out the door, you know. And... He, very early on, from, I mean, he was tiny, but that was it. He knew when, and he he was a very bright dog. It got to the point when I got my purse, he knew 
he'd go because we we would during the day when we weren't going anywhere we'd leave the gate open uh-huh. so he could go in and out of there if he wanted to and he frequently spent a lot of time in there because his toys and food and stuff were in there um or not always his food and water but when when we would leave him i'd put food and water in there the rest of the time food and water was in the kitchen but all his other stuff was in that place right and so he'd go in there and play and sleep on his little bed and stuff like that well whenever he saw me get my purse he'd go inside the little cage thing and wait because he knew mommy's going bye-bye that was his cue riley's going in the thing you know and yeah and so he he never went through separation anxiety because we had taught him before he could walk we taught him this is the way it is you know right you've got a little different situation here you got a four-year-old lab okay <laughs> who's a big boy 95 pounds yeah and it's not going to be the easiest thing you've ever done to to train him but i think you can you'd get a lot from it and you might be surprised um the city might even offer uh, such courses. I know Hesperia offers all kinds of uh, stuff like that in the summertime at the Lime Street School and stuff like that. Right. So it's possible that at least one of the Tri-Cities might offer some kind of training. I would be willing to do that. Classes. You know, it, it's it, you'd be surprised how much more comfortable your life is when your dog isn't in control of everything. When you don't have to include him in, on your list of things you have to deal with. Right. You know, it's just so much nicer. You know, because you just say, go sit down. And he goes and sits down. You don't have to fight. It's like, a, it's like having a well-behaved child. In fact, I have told people repeatedly, raising dogs and raising children is exactly the same thing. You have to go through the same steps. Oh, you got to break up the cattle prod. Yes. <laughs> but more importantly, you have to be consistent. Right. Whatever it is you do, whatever is a no-no now is always a no-no. Right. If it isn't a no-no now, it's okay. Always. You know, you have to... You have to don't confuse them. Yeah, don't, don't send mixed signals. Um, and just let him know that he's loved and appreciated and all that kind of good stuff. But he isn't the boss of you right it's the other way around that isn't easy and that's why those classes can be very helpful because they help you learn how to convey that to your animal and and they also teach you things like uh how to snake snake them how to snake protect them uh which isn't a bad idea in this part of the country right you know because you're what a block from an open field yeah yeah and it wouldn't be at all surprising in fact i've ridden horses in that field and up a little further up on the mountain and have seen evidence of sidewinders in the past uh so you know not that far from here right so just like you would snake proof your child you would snake proof your dog because you know their first things snake's going to come on into contact with a dog is his nose right you know if the dog isn't smart enough to listen and you know and not investigate because dogs are curious you know oh what's that thing rattling there you know so you know they're, they they teach you a lot of stuff besides just how to discipline right or control your animal 
They teach you how to have fun with him, how to enjoy him. And part of enjoying your animal is having control. You know, and it's not because I'm a control freak that I say that. I am a control freak, but that's not why I'm saying that. Because, um, well, you know, it's you or him. Right. It's got to be you. That's all there is to it. I mean, it has to be. You know, since we're talking about dogs, um, I think it's very interesting that the humans give off a certain vibe or certain smell. You know, mm-hmm. and and you know Cody, he's he's loud, he barks. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody mm-hmm. walks by, he barks. Mm-hmm. But he's he's wagging his tail and he's jumping. Oh yeah. You know? yeah. Well, the other day we got pizza. Yeah. And before the guy knocked on the door, Cody was standing straight, tail up, ears back, Ooh. growling. Got a bad vibe off the pizza man, huh? And then I opened the door, and then the tone of his growl mm-hmm. went deep. Ooh. And I looked down, and he was literally showing his teeth. Whoa. And was it a new pizza man? Yeah, it was a different guy. I, I, first time and last time I seen him. Did he smell funny or anything? <laughs> I mean, seriously. He... Did he smell funny? <laughs> what do you think he was smoking in the car on the way over? I, I was going to say, and I know this sounds mean. No. He, he kind of reminded me of like a pederat. What's that? Like a pedophile. He oh. just he just had that look about him, you know, just that. He might have been. Animals are pretty good at picking up on strange things like that. You know, they're, uh, they they have animals that that are trained. To, I know you know this for uh, detecting uh, pending uh, seizures, right, or heart attacks, or things like that in a in a patient that, that they're assigned to live with, and for that purpose, you know. So yeah, they're. Uh, who knows what he was picking up on? He did mm. not like it. Didn't the, back of, huh? From the back of his neck all the way Ooh. down to his tail, the hair was like standing up. Wow. Wow. He was like between our house and that house right here. Yeah. He like stood in the middle. He would not. <laughs> he would not come to the door. He well, was... I don't. I don't blame him. I. Uh, I think if, you know. Then plus, like a mailman, they they learn. You know, because people will say, oh, it's okay, come on in, he never bites, you know, and then the next thing you know, the dog's attached to your leg, you right. know, and, and so I know my mailman's that way, he's very dog shy, and I, because I have said the same thing to him, oh, it's okay, he never bites, right, they don't believe it for a minute, <laughs> and they shouldn't, because nine times out of ten, your animal is going to protect you, that's right. what, that's his job, is to protect you. And, you know, he's very protective of oh, Zoe. Oh, of course he is, that's, he's, she's the baby. Yeah. And you think he doesn't know that? Oh, hell, he knows that. He he, he was here before she was. Yeah. And he knows that animals have an instinct for the helpless, you know, and especially loving animals. And Cody's a loving animal. It's not like he's been taught to hate or anything no, no, like no, that. No, no. And uh, animals that, that are, are well-nurtured and well-loved, and well handled in a, by a family are going to do that. They're going to protect the babies. They know babies. They know what they are. They Well, they may not know what they are, but they know they're helpless. Right. Something in them knows that. Well, that and... I think. You know, you can go to our Facebook and look. You know, there's pictures of, of Zoe and her just baby. I mean, baby, baby. Yeah. You know, with and, and Cody's right there. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I like the one with her sleeping on the sofa and him sleeping on her. <laughs> I think that's a great shot. It's a perfect picture of her. And, uh, you know, she that's can... That's weird. He didn't like the pizza. No, no. Uh, uh. 
And he, it wasn't like, and, and he loves pizza. You know, he loves food. He loves the smell of human food. Uh-huh. So when I walk in, usually withholding the pizza, he'll uh-huh. he'll jumping up and down yeah, and follow me into the kitchen. Yeah. Nothing. I took the pizza in the kitchen. He stood right there for a, at least a good two, three minutes. Wow. Made sure he left. That's strange. Interesting. Very interesting. You know, I know I, a lot of times I wish I could talk. Uh, to our dog, or wish he could talk to us, because you you, you you just know that they're trying to tell you something, right. you know. But of course, he's lucky though, because can. if he could talk, I'd probably put him on a podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> or a dog cast, yeah. it, maybe. There you go. Yeah, doggy podcast. God, that's weird. So at this point in the stage, uh, every week now we. When we get to the 15 minute point. Are we there already? Yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes, we are. We haven't been going for an hour. 45 minutes, have we really? Yes. Dang, time flies when you're having fun. And we started this new segment. This is number three, right? That we've done this. Uh, for oh, Bank hell, backstory. I don't know. I'm not keeping track. But yeah, I guess. So, I guess. what do you got for us this week for Back Burbank? Backstories from Burbank. Oh. I'm, you know, I'm running out of, you know, backstories from Burbank. Um, uh, one of these, one of these times, we're going to have to start with the letters. Yeah. I think. Uh, in 1934, my mom and dad were dating. Um, mother was a uh, young, uh, fairly young divorcee, or in the process. In those days, it took a year to get divorced. Really? Yeah. Um she had married a guy. Um, <clears throat> I don't really know much about him except that um, she married him. I don't know how long they knew each other. I don't know where she met him. I don't know any of that stuff. But I do know that he took her to uh, Indianapolis. He was a pitman uh, or did the job of a pitman at the Indy 500. I don't know what else he did. The rest of the year, right, or anything. That's I'm only telling you what I could get out of her when I finally found out that he even existed, which was not until I was 16. No, about 13 or 14, I came across these letters addressed to uh, a different last name from my mother, uh-huh. and the one I always knew. I knew her maiden name, and I knew her married name, and I didn't know this name. So I said, Mom, who is so-and-so? And And she goes, yeah, well, I wasn't really going to tell you that until now, a little later in your life, but okay, I may as well. She was was good about trying to be as straightforward with me as a daughter as she could be. You know, it was hard in those days. You know, people weren't as open about sex and drugs and rock and roll as they are now. But she tried. She did a pretty good job, too. And so she told me she had been married once before she married my dad. And I said, oh, okay. And, and this is where she got the name. And um, so I at, I believe it was at that time I said, well, you know, who was he, this and that. Well, long story short, he took her to Indy. She came back three months later with um, gonorrhea. Oh, nice. And uh, divorce proceedings in her head, and which she later began to execute. During the time 
that she was divorcing him, as I said, it took a year in the state of California anyway, um, she was very close friends with my aunt, my dad's sister. And she met through my dad's sister, she met my dad. Uh-huh. And they began dating. And uh, dad wrote her these letters that I discovered, you know, in a box someplace when I was a kid in Spokane, okay? And I have those letters. She saved them. When they passed away, I came across them in a box. They were all written in 1934 from about mm, January, February through uh, July, okay? And they're all written by my dad to my mom, and they're just sort of, uh, it's kind of like texting is today. You know, these days, uh, people who are dating are, or engaged or whatever. Uh, courting. If, if they're, yeah, if courting. That's, if they're apart, they either call on the phone or they text, how you doing? I'm, I'm going to be having dinner later on. Mom's making pot roast or, you know, whatever. Right. That kind of shit. Uh, and so they communicate back and forth like that. Well, in 1934, we didn't have those things, but we did have paper and pencil or pen and radios, of course. And so dad would, well, he had a car too, off and on. And so he would go and see mom. She lived in Burbank and he lived somewhere else. And he, when he couldn't go and see her because he was lucky enough to get a, a bit of work because he nobody had a steady job in 1934 to right. speak of. Uh, and he was a construction painter at that point. So he, he and his dad would get various jobs and things they would do. Uh, from time to time so when he could be with her he'd go and see her when he couldn't he'd stay at his folks place and he would um, write to her every day he wrote almost every single day he wrote and I have those letters and sometimes they're just a page or two and sometimes they're uh, not terribly informative Uh, But it's just a little, you know, thought I'd sit down and drop you a line before I go to bed. I'm so tired tonight. That kind of stuff. Right. And then some of them are real informative uh, in terms of how he was living at the time. Things like how much it costs to do, uh, to to buy gas and and, uh, fix a tire and and to go to a movie. And, you know, uh, his favorite... um, guys on the radio that he liked to listen to and you know just little stuff like that that he would put in these letters and send to her and then she would answer back to him in in a letter also right and then uh but i never saw those letters because dad he was a guy he didn't save the letters okay right sadly i would have been cool if he had uh but i could get from his answers he'd say things like Okay, this probably answers what you were talking about in your last letter. Or uh, let me read your last letter and see if there's anything I haven't covered. You know, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, so the, this this communication went on for several months, and I have all those letters. And I, it might be kind of fun for the readers, or readers, the listeners, to, uh, to have me read some of them. And... Um, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, well, I personally would like to hear. They're, they're, uh, to me, they're they're fascinating. But then it was my parents, right. you know. So 
Well, yeah. even on a on a you know historical nostalgic level, I mean, this is they're very they're, historically nostalgically, yeah. Because bent. we're talking seventy nine years. Oh yeah, please don't let's not wear that out. <laughs> it's not that long ago. <laughs> oh my God! But yes, yeah, we are, and uh, I even brought them with me tonight, but um, because I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about tonight. Right. And I never know for sure. So I thought, we never oh, really have to worry well, about no, that. We no, just we always find something. But it would take a long time to get through them all because sometimes they're like only one page, but most of the time they're a couple three pages long. So you know we could devote maybe the last hmm, I don't know twenty minutes or so to a letter, right? You know, and and sort of take the place of of Burbank memories to. Um, what precipitated the Burbank memories, as it were, because those letters were written just before they were married. And um, so we're going to have to, call, instead of calling it Burbank backstories, we'll have to call it the before the Burbank backstories. Yeah, or, or way backstories, one or the other. But, uh, you know, I wasn't even a gleam at that point. Uh, and, and there are things in there that um, there's. There's one letter in particular that touches on a subject that I'll have to explain as we go along because Mother told me uh, the situation. It isn't, it, but Dad talks around it in, in such a way that anybody reading that letter who didn't know what he was talking about wouldn't know what he was talking about uh-huh. because he had to be sure that if anybody got a hold of that letter, it didn't come out. You know, that sort of thing. So there's a little intrigue going on there, too. And it's kind of fun because I do know what it's about. You know, if Mother hadn't told me, I wouldn't have. And then I would have really been confused. But, yeah. <laughs> now you got my, my curiosity. Yeah, yeah. and there, there's uh, also um, a lot of the time that he spent when he wasn't working. Uh, you know, I come from a long line of, of uh, hopeful... Uh, God, I don't even know what the word is. Um, pe- people in my family were uh, tended to to make hopeful ventures in the hopes that this would be the one thing that would set them up financially and they'd be set for life, right. that sort of thing. Um, my dad was one of those. My brother was one. My, my uh, stepbrothers, uh, one of them was like that. Um, a lot of them are like that and uh, to some degree I'm like that and um, one of the things that he did was he and his uncle I think it was Uncle Bert uh, decided to build a mushroom farm and so a lot of the letters have uh, tell of his daily progress with they had to dig this humongous hole because they were going to build a house or a structure over it, and down in the hole is where they were going to grow the mushrooms. You know, because mushrooms have to grow in, in a dark, dark place, damp yeah. place, right? And um, and they were doing this out in Riverside area or somewhere. And it was hotter than blazes, and so a lot of his letters talk about that process and how what he did that day and how they did it. And, what their hopes were and plans were for this mushroom farm, um, and it's 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 kind of interesting to me. Uh, the the only downside of all of that is that the letters stop 
before I ever found out what happened to it. Uh, I never found out. I never heard them talk about it. I never, I didn't know anything about it, so I didn't ask about it ever. Uh, so it's just sort of like focus there and then not, you know, gone. But it's still interesting to to me. Um, just to, just to read what he went through, and he was, you know, 25, 24, 25 year old man at the time, you know. So, which is, if you if you spend some time focusing on that thought alone, here I am, a 72-year-old woman, reading the thoughts of my 25-year-old father. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting perspective to have. You know? So I, very much, I keep the letters locked in my safe at home. I don't leave them laying around. Well, they're, yeah. they're locked where if, God forbid, we had a fire or something... Um, they'd be safe because I I don't I don't want to lose them you know and they're of course in his handwriting he had beautiful handwriting for a man especially in those days people did right. they studied penmanship they don't teach penmanship anymore in school I don't no, believe they don't uh, I was taught penmanship I have pages of penmanship practice that I used when I was a kid you know making A's you know they had they had paper with lines and they had solid lines and dotted lines in between the solid lines. And you had, uh, for small A's, they had to go between the, the dotted line and the solid line below. And then for capital A's, they had to cover the whole space between the solid lines and stuff like that. And you, you did them a certain way, and you just repeated it and repeated it and repeated it. So that now, people say to me all the time, Oh my God, you have those beautiful handwriting. Yeah, well, I've spent 72 years practicing. I would think so. You know? Not really 72, because I didn't start it until I was about seven years old, but... Right. Yeah. Anyway, he had nice penmanship, too, and uh, so did Mother. You know, I can tell the two of them apart in, in their writing. I look at Mother's jotted-down recipes in, in cookbooks of hers that I have and know it's her hand, as opposed to ones where Dad was cooking, because Dad liked, in later years, he liked to cook. And he would make notes on recipes, too. And I always know who did it because I can tell their handwriting. So anyhow, we, we should maybe do that because I'm, I'm sort of out of Burbank stories. You remember, I was only there for the first five years of my life. And, right. You know, <clears throat> at least two and a half of those, I didn't really know what the hell was going on anyway. So. Well, we'll figure out something by next episode. Yeah. So, believe it or not, for this week, I am David uh, K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. And remember, boys and girls, what happens in Burbank ends up on a podcast. Good night. Good night. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. I forgot about... During that process, she was just starting to rewrite her convict volumes. But actually, I think she's taking a, a break from that for right now. Um, and I think she's working on some other stuff. All right, kids, let's go ahead and get back into the archives. And let's see what we got for our second... I was about to rush it since he third... But our second episode of the evening. And find something good here. Oops, I dropped that one. Oh, I keep picking them up and they're all squished together. Okay, so the next episode is News, Views, and Reviews number 27.
Okay, this one was recorded on August 9th, 2013, last year. And it says, uh, before the, before there was television show, Reaper Rick traveled the roads of Orange County. This week, he reflects on the previous time spent in the OC and things he's done during that time. All right, kids. So here we go. This is news, views, and reviews number 27. Memory so perfectly, Orange County. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I am Reaper Rick. And once again, fortunately for you, you are someone else. Because Reaper Rick had a bad week. Reaper Rick is tired. Reaper Rick is lonely. Reaper Rick is sad. And for some reason, Reaper Rick is talking about himself in the third person. But it's alright. I understand what's going on. Yeah, I'm working on my third month now of being back in Southern California. And it turns out that being back here after over 20 years being away has stirred up some interesting memories. Nice memories and disturbing memories. I, you know, Orange County is uh, not a big place, <laughs> but uh, it's one of the smallest counties in the state. But uh, I mean, I went to college out here, and I married my first wife here. Both of my children were conceived and born in Orange County. I met and married my second wife here and I met my third wife here although we got married in Vegas so but you know those things didn't all happen you know real close to each other but I was here for a long time so there are a lot of memories not only did I have my children here and my wives here I also uh, spread my semen from one end of the county to the other. Wait a minute, I didn't come out right. Um, I guess I should say that I slept with a number of lovely and beautiful women all over the county. And that's kind of where the, uh, the memories are causing some problems because Oh, man. There's so many places around here that hold memories. Places where I've met women. Places where I've taken women. Places where we've done things together. I can't think of a single city here in Orange County that I didn't... Uh, do something and I, I think actually Fullerton I don't think I've ever well anyway Fullerton probably uh, is, is safe <clears throat> but 
uh, problem with all those memories are, or is, the problem is, yeah, the problem with all those memories is that, uh, oh man, some of them were really, really good, and few were really, really terrible. And uh, I apologize to my lady listeners again because I have to say truthfully that every single woman I've, I've ever had a relationship with, and for me, a relationship is anything that lasts longer than three weeks. Any woman I've had a relationship with, and that, that includes my wives. They were all flawed, flawed somehow, emotionally. And I'm sure the ladies are thinking, oh, sure, it's always the woman's fault. Well, uh, I'm sure that it's not always the woman's fault, but uh, every woman I've ever known has had something wrong. With their head, and uh, they've ended up doing something somehow or other that causes our relationship to fade away. But you know, what are you going to do? At least. We'll never have to worry about another relationship in that fashion ever again. <clears throat> it's weird too that uh, that I I can't remember a lot of the women I've known. I mean, you know the, the technically. One night stands, even though most of the most of the stands weren't at night. But the uh, women I've I've only slept with one time, and it wasn't it was never my fault that we only slept together one time, you know. But uh, I was just used as a sex toy for so many women. It just Boggles the mind. Anyway, um, now I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, that's right. So anyway, um, I can't remember. Well, there's well, there's a lot of women I can't remember their names at all. Some of them just had nicknames, you know. Chicago was one. It's a lady that I knew. And she was, you know, guess where she was from? Yeah. And uh, you know, we saw each other for a while, and then she went back to Chicago for some reason. I don't know what the hell for. But uh, then there was uh, <laughs> then there was this girl that I worked with, uh, and her nickname was Vava. Excuse me. <clears throat> you know, for Vava Boo. And we had a uh, 
a brief relationship, but and this is a this is a kicker boy. She was using me to make her boyfriend jealous. Do you believe that shit? And she didn't just use me once to make her boyfriend jealous. She used me twice to make her boyfriend jealous. <clears throat> and uh, that was an interesting experience. But, uh, you know, uh, I enjoyed it, so it wasn't, it wasn't a terrible experience. I mean, it was too bad that she uh, uh, decided that, for some reason, the boyfriend was the one she was going to stay with. But, ah, well, you live and learn, I guess. But, you know, I've been with so many women who... wanted to stay with their their fiancés, their boyfriends, their husbands. But that didn't stop them from letting me come over and enjoying myself with them. What the fuck is up with that? And then, of course, I had my own, you know, women who were seeing other people on the side, too, which... Uh, you know, well, you know how that is, guys. It uh, never, never, never is good. But anyway, um, so I'm having a lot of uh, memories flooding in. And I'm not real happy about some of them. But I guess you just got to deal with it, don't you?
Times bestseller list, so I'll never have to apply for another stupid fucking job like this again. <sighs> anyway, I know how it is to have to apply for jobs. Uh, I've had many jobs over the years. Uh, some I actually liked, a few, but uh, it's always just a fucking drag to go in there and uh, hand some fucking loser your paperwork and hope that you don't make a total ass of yourself just so you can beg for the chance to have this stinking, sucking job that you don't really want, that you absolutely have to have in order to survive. Uh, shit. <clears throat> working, working with and for people is just always, well, not always, but almost always fucking terrible. That's why you need to be an artist or an author or writer or something. So that you can have your own, your own schedule, do what you want to do when you need to do it. You don't have to answer to anybody else. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And, of course, I'm, 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 never mind. Forgot what I was talking about again. The other, uh, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, I was talking about uh, uh, things that, uh, words, words that people don't use anymore because they just have no, no use for them anymore because they aren't in use anymore. <clears throat> and I was talking a lot about automobiles and, and things that have changed on the autom automobiles. You know, when I was younger, I mean, I could work on my own engine. Uh, no problem, you know. The only thing I had a problem with was changing the timing belt because I didn't have one of those little guns that you use to, to set the timing properly. Just about every fucking thing else, I could just, you know, you open up the hood, there's the engine, you take out what's broken, you put a new one in, and you're all done. Now you lift up the hood in the car, it's, it's a fucking hassle just to check the water oil level, let alone actually try to do anything with the fucking machine because it's crammed into this little tiny compartment. You can't get to anything. I've even seen a, a, a car or something where you have to take off the damn tire to change the battery because it's just so crammed into this little space. Well, anyway, my point was... Another word that I remembered that is lost in the lexicon of time was windwing. You know, the windwing, you know, the little triangular, triangular window on the, on the front windows, passenger and driver's side. Crack those little guys open and, you know, you've got <clears throat> a place to flick your cigarette ashes out the window where they don't, you know, fly back into your face or into the back seat. You can open it up all the way and you get a nice breeze blowing right on your face. Yeah, the wind wings were, were 
were cool little accessories that just disappeared when they took uh, all the chrome off the car and made it one big window that you could roll up and down. And uh, also, something that's gone now is the, are the air vents. There used to be a, you know, a pull lever down next to the, uh, the side of the, the car, the driver's and passenger side. You could pull on this and it would open the vent to the outside. And you'd get fresh air just coming in, you know, from the road, basically. But, you know, it didn't uh, drain your battery or anything. You didn't have to turn on the fan. It was just, if you're moving, you get air. And they don't have those anymore either. Ah, well. <coughs> Excuse me. So, that's a couple more things that... Uh, we don't have any more. Well, they're still on old cars, of course. It's not like they're gone forever. It's just that uh, most people under under 30 don't even know what they are. Well, anyway, um, getting back to uh, working. Uh, one of the one of the few jobs I really did enjoy was. Uh, I worked for a novelty, an adult novelty company. Uh, they sold uh, movies, novelties, clothing, shoes, all kinds of stuff. It was like the biggest adult novelty company on the West Coast or something. And my, my wife worked there too. Actually, she, she got her job first. She was uh, the manager of a of the outlet store they had here in Orange County. Well, I was the wholesale manager for the company. <clears throat> and I needed a, uh, a guy to work in shipping. And, uh, you know, I put an ad in the paper. And, and uh, since I knew that I was going to be working uh, at the store with my wife, I told... Uh, this guy that called about the job to come in to the store and we do the interview there. Now, I have uh, sat through so many hideous goddamn job interviews, you know, that I, uh, I'd never been on the other side of the desk, so to speak, when I was, you know, wanting to hire somebody. So, <clears throat> This guy came in for the job interview, and it just cracked me up. Well, first of all, he came in with his uh, really, really hot girlfriend who had been shopping at the store, and so she knew about the job opportunity, and she brought a boyfriend in to apply for the job. And the guy comes in wearing jeans and a tank top. He has hair down past his shoulders. He's wearing a bandana, and you can tell, I could tell just by the way he walked in that he knew this was a fucking waste of time, that he was never going to get this job, and, you know, he came in, and we didn't even sit down, I was just standing at the counter, and, and he came in, and he just started talking about, you know, the job, and what it involved, and everything, and, uh, 
it was just it was just hilarious because this guy was totally fucking honest you know he he needed the job but he didn't really dig job interviews like nobody does anyway right but he came in totally unprepared because he knew he wasn't going to get the job well, of course he didn't really try very hard to get the job and i realized that but even so i really liked him you know he just seemed like a really honest cool person and so after talking to him for like 20 minutes or something like that um i said well dan danny danny was his name i said danny you know when can you start working and he just about he just stood there with his mouth hanging open he goes are you kidding I don't know, dude. You know, job's yours if you want it. <clears throat> and uh, he started working like, you know, two days later. And uh, he worked for me for a couple of years and we became really good friends. And uh, shit, we used to go down to Hollywood and get tattooed together. In fact, uh, his girlfriend, my wife, and Danny and I, we all went down there. Uh, one weekend and, and uh, got tattoos you know my wife had a uh, really beautiful black rose tattooed on her left shoulder blade and uh, anybody out there ever sees a dark haired chick with a really cool black rose tattooed on her on her back you know just tell her Rick says hello Anyway, Danny and I, Danny and I were, were good friends for years after that. But we were still good friends when I left California and uh, moved up to the Central Valley. And I never heard what happened to him. You know, I'd really like to hook up with him again and see what's going on. He must be... Uh, I'd say it was middle, middle 50s or something by now. He was a little younger than me, but not much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway, Danny, if you're out there, dude, uh, give me a call. Write me. Uh, writing to me. Speaking of which, uh, don't forget to write to ReaperRick at chasemon.com with uh, comments, suggestions, uh, complaints, donations, whatever you want. I haven't had a chance to uh, check with Dave to see if anything has come in lately. Uh, hopefully next week I'll have something to uh, talk about or read over the read over the air. You know, if you uh, write in with anything cool or interesting, I'll uh, talk about it on the show. Okay, that's Reaper Rick. All lowercase, all one word. Reaper Rick at jayzomon.com. J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com. That's our parent company. And even though you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or something, uh, the parent company is Jayzomon. So, Reaper Rick at jayzomon.com. Don't forget. Anyway, um, Danny and I worked together for 
long time. And uh, yeah, he worked in shipping. He was in charge of uh, shipping off thousands of packages a day because we had a big mail order uh, operation going on. <clears throat> and I, as the wholesale manager, I got to uh, call people all over the world, you know, England, uh, Scandinavia, France, Germany, Japan, South America, you know, and uh, people would place orders for magazines, books, movies, uh, accessories, of which we had a huge selection. And, you know, I'd uh, write up the orders, ship and give the orders to Tanny. Um, well, we had people fill the orders and then they were, you know, packaged and then given to Danny and he would uh, ship them out either through UPS or the mail or whatever, however it was supposed to go. <clears throat> we just uh, make big pallets of stuff to ship overseas. God, that was a lot of fun. But anyway, all good things come to an end, and the owner of the company was a um, paranoid uh, psycho. So, well, anyway, that's enough about that. Yeah, like I said, all good things come to an end, and <clears throat> we had to part ways, but it was a lot of fun. I had a good time with that job. Another job I had that was... Um, pretty nice. I was a uh, horticulturalist. I was a plant person, and I worked for a company that uh, installed plants into you know banks and other um, office buildings, doctors' offices, stuff like that, and. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, when you go to the mall and you see all those plants, you know, in the, in the planters and everything and in the stores, um, well, uh, those are all taken care of by a company like I used to work for. And uh, I had a mall, I think it was the. It was down south somewhere. I can't even remember which one it was now. But that was a that was an all day job. I'd have to drive down there, which was you know an hour or so, and then I'd spend the whole fucking day going from one end of the mall to the other, checking all the plants, watering the ones that needed watering, replacing plants that had uh, thinned out or died off or something like that. And uh, that was pretty cool because you basically uh, you were out of the office for the whole day. You went in to pick up your uh, replacement plants or whatever get your get your daily schedule and then you were gone the whole day some days I would you know hit uh, seven or ten office buildings oh my god one of the places I one of the places I I took care of the plants for was the company down here that makes all the Star Trek action figures I can't remember the name right now, but anyway, I made all the Star Trek action figures and uh, a hundred other different company action figures. I made a lot of action figures and dolls and stuff like that. 
and uh, they had their their main office, you know, where you know people came in, and then they had their um, workshop, and it was like major security. And before I could even go through the locked doors into the workshop, I had to sign a uh, paper saying that I would never divulge anything I, I saw, you know, in the workshop. I couldn't talk about their new creations or whatever. And I rarely saw anything that they were actually working on anyway, but it was, you know, something I had to, you know, sign or else they wouldn't let me back there. You know, and I would forfeit my life or something if I ever talked about what I saw back there. And I don't think I really saw anything special. But anyway, it was cool. Uh, because I, you know, I was collecting Star Trek action figures at the time. And uh, being there at the place where they were actually, you know, produced and boxed up and sent out all over the world. I was pretty cool. I enjoyed being there. But yeah, I'd go to lawyers' offices and uh, you know, whatever. Any place you go, you go to a doctor's office or whatever, you see potted plants in the lobby or the offices or whatever. Somebody's got to take care of those fuckers. And uh, for a couple of years, I did that. <clears throat> I was a, that was a nice job. You were out all the time. Well, I also did uh, Irvine College. Did all the plants in the cafeteria, the administration buildings, and, um, some other places, you know. That was cool. Irvine. Yeah. Anyway, that was another job that I, I did enjoy. And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. 
Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. else to go so we would uh, 
was like uh, six guys, I guess, in the, in the home. And we'd hang out there and cook meals for them, help them with their homework, take them where they had to go for doctor's appointments or school or whatever. Um, that was kind of interesting. Of course, that job didn't pay shit either. <clears throat> and uh, my stepfather, the stepfather had a uh, daycare center for a while where he uh, uh, had Alzheimer patients. And uh, their caregivers, usually their husbands or wives, you know, would drop them off for the day and they'd get a meal and we'd, you know, keep an eye on them for four or five hours just to give the caregivers a break. That was a uh, real eye-opener because uh, we had, well, so many Alzheimer patients and uh, sometimes they... Uh, Well, it's really a sad situation to see those people deteriorate. And, of course, that didn't pay very well either. So I uh, used to do some one-on-one uh, -on -one work on my days off from the daycare center because so many of the uh, clients still lived at home with their husbands or wives. And uh, for the most part, it's a 24-hour day job, you know, if you have someone with Alzheimer's, it's like having a, you know, a two-year-old, but they're 67, you know, or, or sometimes even younger than that, but they uh, can't do anything for themselves anymore, uh, so someone has to be there to watch them and yeah, take care of them all the time. So I had this, this one guy that uh, his wife just needed a <clears throat> couple hours out of the house every day. So I'd go over there and, you know, hang out with the dude and give him something to eat. I'd frequently have to uh, change his clothes or whatever when he soiled himself because they, uh, you know, can't even manage to take care of their private duties by themselves anymore frequently. And uh, that was a challenging and sad job, but uh, it uh, taught me a lot. And of course, my, my main job for the whole time I was in the workforce was working in the medical field. Was a respiratory therapist for 12 or so years and, and then I stepped away from that for a long time. That's when I had all those other jobs, you know, the, <coughs> well, excuse me, all those other jobs. And then I, uh, I went back into the medical field when I got older and I was a uh, ICU monitor technician for nine years before my uh, my back and mind finally gave out and uh, went on disability. 
Uh, speaking of which, I forgot about one job that uh, caused my back to go out. Yeah, that was a good one too. I was a uh, warehouse manager for this Japanese sporting goods company, and that was that was that was kind of cool too. But uh, I was living in Orange County, of course, at the time, and the job was in L.A. Well, L.A. County, anyway. And of course, you know, my car broke down, and I ended up having to take the bus to work and home every day. So I had to catch my first bus at 4:15 in the morning, and two transfers later, two transfers four hours later. I'd get to work about nine o'clock. That's not four hours, I know, but、uh, I, I had a layover. I had to wait thirty minutes at one place for the next bus to come by, so it took me four hours to get to work <coughs> on the bus. <coughs> Excuse me. But anyway,、uh, this uh, Chinese uh, company made weights. Dumbbells, barbells, Olympics, Olympic size weights,、um, and they would ship them over here in crates that weighed two tons. Each crate that came over weighed two tons, and inside the crates were, you know, sets of dumbbells, anything from five pounds up to a hundred pound dumbbells. Hundred pound dumbbells, yes, they do have those. And、uh, you know the round weights that she used for the Olympic-sized barbells, well, plus barbells.、Uh, anyway, so I would、uh, get all of that stuff and then receive orders from、uh, like Big Five Sporting Goods or Walmart or any place that、uh, like carries large supply of sporting goods and, and such. And I would.、Uh, You know, take the weights out of the crates, put them on pallets, and、uh, then arrange to have some you know, trucker come by and、uh, pick up the load and take it to wherever the hell it was supposed to go. So <clears throat> it was a fun job. I, I got nice and trim while I was working there.、Um, One day, I, I counted up all of the weight that I moved because I had to, you know, pick it up out of the crate, carry it over to the pallet, stack it on the pallet, and then wrap up the pallets and get them all set to go. Anyway, one day, in one eight-hour day, I moved over twelve tons, like twelve tons, eight hundred pounds of shit by myself by hand. Twelve tons. Now, if you're moving. That much weight around. Eventually, your back is going to give out, and because I didn't even have a, a fucking dolly, you know, we had forklifts, and I could move the actual two-ton crates around with, and then pick up the pallets, and you know, load them onto the trucks and shit. But I mean,、um, I had to move the boxes of weights or the weights themselves. 
by hand. And one day after I'd been there for like, you know, eight or nine months or something, I was bending over into this crate to pull out the last box of uh, 90-pound weights out of this crate. They were the, the big round, flat, Olympic-style weights on the barbells. So I was leaning over and I grabbed hold of this 90-pound package and I went to stand up. And uh, something in my back just snapped, dude. Oh, God, it was so bad. And since I was way over in the corner of the warehouse by myself, and of course, this warehouse wasn't just for our stuff, but it was like a big warehouse. And, and a whole bunch of different companies had their, their shit in there. But anyway, I was bent over this fucking box half in and half out of it and I was stuck couldn't straighten up couldn't get out of the damn crate and nobody could see me so I was like in this position bent over this this crate for I don't know 20 minutes 25 minutes before I was finally able to crawl my way up out of the crate and I was uh, damaged goods after that. Could not stand up straight for days, even to walk. I mean, I had to walk at you know, like an 85 degree angle or something. <clears throat> and uh, thank the gods that I discovered a chiropractor just around the corner from my house there, again in Orange County. And, uh, after daily uh, works workouts with him, I was uh, finally able to uh, walk again. But the uh, damaged disc that I uh, ruptured would eventually start pressing on my sciatic nerve. And so I've had uh, sciatica ever since then. And eventually, um, due to all of the work I've done over the years since that accident, the accident happened in like in 89, maybe 89. Um, anyway, I finally had to go on disability because uh, the back just uh, would not work anymore. And I was working those fucking 12-hour shifts at the hospital, you know. And uh, that was just killing me. I couldn't sit in a chair for more than, you know, an hour or so before my back would just start killing me. So 12 hours of that just wasn't going to work anymore. And even though working in hospitals was uh, usually exciting, there's always something weird going on in hospitals. <clears throat> Just uh, the politics, the petty bullshit that went on in, in situations like that was just more than I could stand. 
you know, you've got hundreds of people working in uh, uh, a fairly small area, and everybody has their own agenda, things they want to do, things they need to do to uh, advance or whatever, and the gossip, and people always trying to better themselves by stepping on other people to get there and that kind of bullshit. So <clears throat> I was just as happy to get out of there, I guess, after nine years of doing that. So poor Dave, Dave and I met, uh, met at the hospital there. And uh, actually I, I trained Dave for his job and then left him there. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Dave. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, God, I trained, I don't know how many fucking people to work at that job. And uh, they all went on to become nurses or some damn thing, you know. They just needed that job to, to help pay the bills while they were going to school. In fact, Dave himself is, or was, going to uh, nursing school, but know how life tends to get in the way of what you want to do sometimes so he had to uh, cut back on classes and now he's waited so long he's gonna have to take some of them over again Shit. but anyway um, education is the key because without it you're going to be uh, stuck in a job that, well, may be important, you know, like working with uh, people who really, really need help, still the pay isn't going to be there. You need to have education to uh, increase your chances of being just plain happy, let alone successful. Well, that's enough about jobs. <clears throat> you know, you have to have one, but nobody wants one. Well, I mean, you know, you want one in order to stay alive, feed your family, and pay your bills. But uh, very few people actually spend time at jobs they really, really enjoy. And I've been fortunate enough to do that a few times. But not long enough to uh, make a difference. Of course, my uh, tenure as editor of uh, World of Myth and Erotica that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I certainly enjoyed those, and you know, being an editor and a writer, yo, that was fun. So. Yeah, you just gotta keep looking because if you want to be anywhere near happy in this crazy, miserable world, you've gotta be able to do something that uh, brings joy to your heart. And it's nice if you also have a good paycheck. But, uh, nobody's perfect. So, all right, now 
you who have stuck with me for 45 minutes and listened to just pretty much rambling crap. I really appreciate it. And I think it was last episode I talked about the stuff that、uh, women were too interested in, but、uh, you know, were more. It was more aimed at the guys. <clears throat> And、uh, tonight, here at the end of the show, <clears throat> I'd like to.、Uh, Offer up something for the ladies, <clears throat> although you know some of the guys may enjoy it too, or at least understand it. What I was talking about earlier on in the show, the、uh, memories that have come flooding back to me after all this time, and thinking about. The women I've known. Well, I can't remember everything about a lot of the women I've been with. So, in my mind, I've just got kind of a generic female body, and I guess I've taken. Best parts of a number of different women, and melded them together to form sort of an ideal mate. And she doesn't even have a, a face per se; she simply has a pair of luscious. Full lips that I remember kissing, and you know, thick hair that I could run my fingers through and grab hold of, and. Whisper, a nibble on her ears, and then down her neck, kissing, nipping with my teeth, down the neck to the chest, and my hands would grasp those. Wonderful breasts and those soft little points that I could bring to an erection with my tongue, my lips, and my hands would travel down the body as my lips traced a line. Down her chest, onto her smooth, taut belly. My hands would reach her hips, 
just as my mouth would come in contact with her bush. And my hands would gently spread her legs. And there I would find her secret place. Listening at this point. I'd breathe softly on those lips and watch them quiver. And then place butterfly kisses on her inner thighs. Gently kissing. Moving closer and closer. To that nectar pot. Finally, my lips would kiss those lips. My tongue would circle the moist opening. I put my lips against her. My tongue would search out the swollen glands clitoris. I'd flick at it with my tongue, drive circles around it. My thumb would slide forward and trace the outline of her lips there as my tongue worked on her clit. My thumb would slowly enter the dark recess. And then my lips would grasp the clitoris. My tongue would work faster, flicking, circling, my thumb moving around in and out. And finally, depending on my mood and hers, she would have an orgasm another one, and then another one, perhaps another one. Usually by that time I was more than ready to begin the dance, crawl up onto the body, her body, gorgeous body. I'd slide in to her Her arms and legs would wrap around my body, and we would begin the dance, slowly at first, slow, rolling, back and forth, around, up and down, kissing passionately, our bodies melded together. And the tempo of the dance increased and increased and increased. She would raise.
raise your hips to meet my thrusts until finally I can stand it no more and the explosion would occur. And we would lay there locked in embrace for some time, just holding each other, kissing each other gently on the neck or the ears or the eyes. And finally, when we were both relaxed, I would get up go to the bathroom, get a washcloth and get it nice and warm and wet and then go back in and gently clean her, wiping away the mess. Gently because she was still very tender, and I would kiss the tender area softly over and over to make it better. So you see what I'm up against. You know, this is the kind of shit that I think about every fucking night. And the problem is, for me, that I will never be able to duplicate any of those actions ever again. Because my cancer has well, it's fucked me up. Let's just put it that way. So I have memories to fall back on, and uh, it makes me kind of sad, sad that I just have memories that uh, again I won't be able to experience that kind of pleasure again. Oh, well, poor fucking me, I suppose, uh, you know, everyone deserves a little self-pity sometimes, but regardless, I had, I had some great experiences, wonderful, pleasurable happy experiences and I you know cannot fault anyone for that so now that I'm all completely tweaked out I guess I'm gonna let everyone go and do your own thing I appreciate you listening uh, again write me Rick at jasonmon.com if you have Questions, comments, suggestions, or whatever. You just want to talk. No problem. And, hey, maybe next week, 
feel better. And so will you. But until then, all I can say is don't forget your skin block. Sunblock. Shit. I blew that line. Don't forget your sunblock. All right. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Appreciate it. You guys be good out there because... Well, fuck. I got no reason for it. Never mind. Don't be good. Do whatever the hell you want to. Just don't hurt anybody in the process, okay? See you next time. Good night. You know, the funny thing is, is that even though I live right here in Southern California myself, I've, I've only been down to Orange County only a handful of times. I remember as a kid, I used to go... Um, to the orange well it was called the orange show it was the orange like a orange county fair but they call it the orange show and i remember going to that as a kid i don't even know if they have that anymore but okay that that's enough with that one um so we've got one more so that means we're on the tail end of this episode of flashback fridays so let me go ahead and grab my cauldron of tricks here and we'll grab one more episode and then I'm going to send you on home into the night. Okay. The final episode for tonight is scene red number 27. And that is recorded June 17, 2013. This week, Rebecca is out sick. Don't worry. You, you can still hear her in the background the show after all. Dave and Aaron talk about the big 2013 Electronic Entertainment Expo, or E3. They chatted up about the new PlayStation 4 and what new new games will be coming out our way in the near future. Okay, this is the third episode for the week. So sit back and enjoy Scene Red number 27, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Hey boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. I'm David K. Montoya. And I'm Aaron Illich. Your old lady's sick this week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sick with something. She's not knocked up though? No. Okay. So no Rebecca, well Rebecca's technically here, but she's back in her room. So, but she's not going to be joining us this week. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I apologize because we were originally going to talk to... Rebecca about film school member. Yeah. So maybe if she's filling up to it next week, we'll we'll get into the film school thing. Um, I'll let me move my cigarettes going right in your face. That's fine. This week we'll we'll talk about the big E3, right? Yeah. The, oh, I remembered it. Yes. And uh, you know what you have to talk about, and plus we'll get into some other things. Do you have any type of strange news or anything this week? Well, I actually have some weird animal news. The Spawn of uh, what is his name? Ken West and Kanye West. Kanye. Yeah. Kanye. And Kim Kardashian. They had uh, a little troll baby girl. So I guess that that would be appropriate for where <laughs> animals. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I picture it's a troll doll. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, it's a troll doll. Or a Cabbage Patch Baby with like an abnormally large head. Well, no, I was thinking more along like the old old school treasure trolls. Oh, my God. You know, in fact, you know, because of who the parents are, mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, she'd probably put like a, a diamond stud or something in the belly button. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so there's really not much for me to talk about um, going on this week. Why we are, like I said, we're at your house. The animals are getting a little crazy. Sorry, right, Tom. So, go ahead. Let's just go ahead and jump into E3. Let's see what's going on there. Well, uh, like I said last week, E3 was this whole week. And right. uh, before we started, I showed you some stuff on um, the Xbox and uh, the PS4. And you've seen the graphics. Graphics are just yeah, they are phenomenal. Amazing. It's they look almost real. The characters look like yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Go ahead. Everything's gonna be done like that now too. Because the the trailer that we saw right before you got here, right mm-hmm. before you got here, before we started recording, um, what was that trailer for? That was for uh, the Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah. Um, that has phenomenal graphics, but the graphics that are going to be coming out of PlayStation 4, mm-hmm. I think are even better than that. I, they're, they're same level, and, well, in all honesty, because just, because of their parameters, uh-huh. like, they have like a set thing, so I think the graphics are going to look exactly like that. They could be better, um, depending on you know, the size of whatever, you know. Right. Because you never know, because when, when you see the graphics for PS3, when they very first came out, and you were looking at all the cutscenes, it's like all the in-game graphics don't look like that. But those are, it's all in-game graphics. So, who knows? So what's the big news to come out of E3? Um, well, the, probably the best news is what I was telling you was... Uh, the PS4 is going to be a lot cheaper than the Xbox One. Now, there was some debate between you and Rebecca originally. Mm-hmm. Now, you were saying it was going to be somewhere in, what, the five, five six hundred? Yeah. And she was thinking more close to 800 Yeah. But the actual retail price is... $400. So... I was right. I'm always right when it comes to technology. But it's it's nice to know that it's actually less than what you were expecting. Yeah, I, I, honestly, because I was telling you um, when I very first got my PS3, that's when it, you know it was still fairly new. It was about six months after it released. I got one, and uh, the price of it was six hundred dollars for the PS3. And I got mine for a hundred cheaper because I knew a guy that bought one. He owned his own video game store, so I bought it from him for five hundred. Right on. So, I was excited about that. So, what's going to happen to your P3s uh, once you get a P4? Well, depending on when we get our money, uh, we'll probably get two PS4s. We're going to have one in Debbie's room, and we're going to have one in our room. So, we'll have, you know, whenever we go to bed, we have our Netflix. Right. So, that'll be good. And then we can have, like, you already see our setup right here. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, go ahead and explain the setup. Um, right now we have my PlayStation out here on the coffee table. This coffee table is fairly large. Um, with the the TV from our room out here on the coffee table. on the coffee table. And um, right now that's where our computer is, is on the coffee table with our mic. So that gives you some sort of idea. How it's it's a good size coffee table. And uh, <laughs> I was like, kind of. They're probably going to laugh at us about talking how big the coffee table is. Nobody cares! <laughs> anyway, uh, over there, at the far back wall next to the window, we have our big screen TV, which is our living room TV, right. and our entertainment center, which has our PS3, our PS2, our cable box, 
Um, the Wii used to be over there. I have my headset stuff hooked up over there. Our digital uh, modem set up over there with our router. And yeah. It's it's very much a, a tech... If maybe, I don't know if this would be the correct term, but it's a very technology-based filled room. <laughs> yeah, it is. And Rebecca just came out over uh, behind us and over there is our computer station. <laughs> so, Rebecca, you want to tell the listeners hi at least? Hi. Yeah, she don't feel good. So, she's a little groggy. But yeah, um, that's our setup, and uh, you know when when stuff comes out, we'll we'll be getting that for sure. Um, what game? What what game is really got you going that you're looking forward to playing? Well, both of us, since we are MMO freaks. We like Final Fantasy, right? And since this new Final Fantasy fourteen game is gonna be coming out, we're just gonna get that for the. She's gonna get the collector's edition, mm-hmm. which has like a bunch of bonus items and stuff. And I'm just gonna get the regular pre-order edition. But it, we're both getting it for the PlayStation three. Now this is this is fourteen, right? Yes. Okay, because it's not like it's so- not fourteen. It's fourteen around reborn. Let me rephrase that. Say it one more time. It's not fourteen because the the original fourteen was such a flop. Right. That they had to get a whole other team off of a game that they already had in production. They mm-hmm. had to take that team and put that on this to remake 14 because, it, like I said, it was such a flop. And they lost so much money from it. So this is essentially a remake of yes. 14? Yes. It's a full-on remake of 14. Wow. Yeah. But it looks good. Yes, it does. Very much so. And we're extremely excited to get this game. Now, here's a question for you, because, again, I'm just now getting back into the realm of video games. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think... Well, who is, who is the makers? Of Square Enix. Square Enix. Why do you think they allowed such a poorly produced game to be put out? It was public? rushed. It was rushed? It was rushed. Because they... Well, see, back in 2006 of E3... Well, not 2006. That's way, way, way back. Um... Uh, Oh, it was 2009 of E3. Uh, they released content about it saying, oh yeah, in spring of 2011, it'll be out. No, 2008. 2008? Yeah, E3 2008. E3 2008. Okay. That. okay. And they released it the next year for PC. Yeah, they released it the following year for PC. And that was, they never released it for PS3, did they? No, they didn't. Like they can't, yeah. They, Every month, like, oh, next month. Oh, it'll be this month, it'll be that month. And they just Yeah. And, like I said, this is a full-on remake, and now that they have their, they gave, since we signed up way, way back in Christmas, for the uh, beta codes for this, we finally got our betas, and we're playing it in, um, knowing Square Enix, it, it, they, when they say they promise something, they never fulfill it. So we're waiting for the service to get back up. You know, we're trying to get it on, get on it so we can we have an advantage with the knowledge that we have when the game actually comes out. Since none of the characters will carry over to the actual game. Now, is Square Enix the copyright holders? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. They do Kingdom Hearts. They do Final Fantasy. They do uh, Star Ocean. They do a lot of fantasy-based games, like RPG-wise. So they. But they don't have a good reputation as far as. Consumer satisfaction, not really. Like customer support, they, better. they yeah, they have gotten a lot better, but it's still like crap. Let's just say that everything from eleven to fourteen was shit. Like, mm-hmm. like um, fourteen actually came out before thirteen did, believe it or not. Really? Yes. Yes. 
but they mentioned her from birth. Final Fantasy X was real good. Final Fantasy XI was an R. It was the other online one. Yeah, the very first game. online game Behold, was Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's... 12, dude. I like 12, but it had a lot. It was, it was and hard. for the people that are well, listening well, to this, uh... The way you uh, attack in 12 is pretty similar to how you attack in 14. <coughs> so, that really? gives you some, some kind of uh, incentive on the combat yeah. system. Which it's is basically, line. it's like, a, it's all live combat, it's all open world combat. Um, you just basically go up and you target whatever. And well, then, like an MMO before they obviously. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a, a offline beta MMO. Yeah, because like, yeah, if you look at it, it's almost the exact system. Hair, you can even customize your hair, like, Which is, uh, I was going to go into detail about that. Final Fantasy Versus 13, for anybody that knows, um, that game was the game I was mentioning when they took the team off of to do that game. Uh-huh. They took that team and they made it to make this game. <laughs> so there was a whole new team designing Final Fantasy Versus 13. So since they did that, they said, well, you know, it's been so long, why not just call it something different? Because they're going to come out with Final Fantasy 13 3, which is Lightning Returns. Basically, they're just going to call it Final Fantasy 15. Uh-huh. And it, that game looks phenomenal, too. It's phenomenal. It's it, it's it's sort of got the same kind of combat system as Kingdom Hearts in the way that when you do all of your like your cinematic moves and stuff for the storyline, it's all uh, environment interactive based. Oh, so it's like that. And what 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 did you learn as far as the new PS4? Is there something that you learned, or was it any, pretty much information you already knew? Um. The only thing that I really learned from the PS4... We learned about the online thing. We learned about the, the $5, the five a month online subscription for it. Which, yeah, I mean, it really it's isn't that bad. It's $3.33 to buy a year. It's how much? You buy a year, it's $3.33 a month. Which is pretty good. Okay. Well, which is that? That's, what, $50 a year, right? Yeah, I guess. So, well... They, well, the years, better than the yeah, it's pretty, that you're spending for Xbox. Xbox right now. Yeah. And we'll get into a little bit more in the Xbox One in a minute, but... Um, but yeah, the, the PS4, it's, it's got, uh, a lot of, you know, what, what's the word I'm thinking of? Perks? Yeah, has a lot of perks. As compared to the Xbox, uh, the Xbox has, it's like, you have to be on it every day. Or else you won't be able to play. Really? It, has, uh, it has to have a, a verified online yeah. connection every four hours. Every, every 24 hours, it has to have a verified online connection in order for you to get onto it. To any game. To any game. Whether it's an online game or not. So, what happens if. Okay, just for example, I, I end up getting the Xbox One. I work 12 hours, you know, at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Nobody plays the Xbox for 12 hours. What happens when I come back? It'll be okay. For It'll be okay hours. for twelve hours, but if you were to go a whole twenty-four hours without using it, uh, it won't be usable. What would you have to do? Go well, right have, you, have, you don't have an internet internet connection. You have to have an internet connection at all times. Like you cannot play the Xbox, even if it's like a regular offline game. You cannot play it. Yep. They want to make sure people aren't sharing games, and they they check the code. They verify it every twenty-four hours. Hmm. 
that makes no sense to me. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, and you have to have gold, Xbox gold, in order to play. Is it gold or platinum? It's gold. So in order Thank to play uh, any game that are online and to watch Netflix, you have to have it. So you can watch Hulu. If you have an internet connection, you have to be done to the Xbox Gold. And they did lower the price a lot. I think it's ten, I think it's like six dollars a year. So yeah. for Xbox Gold. So what, five dollars a month? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a little bit better. Yeah. But the problem here's my problem with the Xbox One. This is my big issue, which I found out through you guys, is the Xbox One will not play Xbox games. No. No. I have a big problem with that. Yeah. And pretty much the Xbox that we have is going to become obsolete. It's because the old Xbox games are not off the Oh, that's what it's going to be. That's why they're all going to be digital downloads. So they're not they're not going to be as good as the Blu-ray first that the PS4 has. Mm-hmm. Because Sony has a copyright to Blu-ray. You mean the patent? Patent, right? Yeah. And I'm sure they sold it out so, so that Microsoft could have it. Oh, you know... You know the Xbox games have to have like 20... They used to have to have like 20 discs. 20 discs in order to play one game. That's right. why they, they evolved to and they that. Wanted, they, they probably paid off the ass to get Blu-ray. That's what I was getting ready to yeah. say. You know they paid that's, some That's serious. probably why the system costs so much. Probably. But... The Xbox One, as far as capability to play, it's just as good as the, the PlayStation 4. The playing capability. Uh-huh. But... It's not as good as PlayStation 4 because the PlayStation 4 is a gaming system. The Xbox One is an entertainment. It's an entertainment system. system. They don't focus on they, TV. They focus on TV. Well, not, not they focus on TV. They said they want to make it well rounded. They want you to be able to have your TV and your games. The whole thing is. PlayStation does everybody that. Everybody wants to play <laughs> games. I buy these games all the time. Yep. It's the best way to go. Unless it's a game yes. you have to have now because you want to pre order it like for special content. I have pre order games. Okay? Right. But. There's games like, well, I want to play that, but I'm going to wait till the price goes down. With Xbox, it's like, I'm going to play that game, and I have to buy it now, because I don't want to have to buy a code later on to play it. It's stupid. People share games all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, for me, I don't have a brand... I've not purchased a brand new game as far as the Xbox. Yeah. Now, for like the Wii, I've, I've bought new games for Jay. Because they're so cheap. Right. Yeah. But for Xbox, I've actually... All the games that I have mm-hmm. are... All used games. games, yeah. And then you see how fast they get scratched up. Oh my god, yeah. Well, especially when you have a, a 20-month-old that likes to gnaw on CD discs. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go out and buy a new copy every other week. Yeah, you walk around the corner, nom, 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 nom. Well, thing That's about, not a donut! No. Another thing about Xbox, they purchase a lot of rights in game Because a lot of games used to be like, a, like Sony exclusives. Uh-huh. Well, they're purchasing rights to games because I know they're, they got the rights to have... Um, Kingdom Hearts, which they've never had the rights for that. Yeah, it's going to be coming out for Xbox as well. And um, they uh, partnered with Square Enix for future games. They've already yeah. done that, though, with the, the uh, Last Remnants. Square Enix did the Last Remnants. And lost. No, we're talking about the Final Fantasy titles. Oh. Yeah, they, they're not going to be having the, the, the 14, the Roman War, but future Final Fantasy titles are going to be on Xbox. I like that, though. So they're going to be paying out the... They probably pay, they're probably paying like all this money out the bus so they can try to be as good as Sony. So, do you see a... Now, one I, I don't get is why they, they went from... It was because it was supposed to be Xbox 720 originally. Yeah. 
then they just want to talk Xbox One. The reason I'm calling it One is because you only need one. It has everything. It has like a DVR. Basically, it's like you're all in one. Yeah, it's got a TiVo. It's got voice activated software. It's like then they get to make up. The, they try to make it to be this great system when it's they, really they want, not. They want to say it's like a computer, TV, everything all in one that you want. It's not. But you know what? To me, you can't do all that in one and make it successful. No. Some some things you need half separate things. Like, right. I don't want to use my games as a computer. I want my own. I want a computer to be separate from that. You know? Yeah, because they now they're incorporating uh, Internet Explorer yeah. on um, the Xbox. Does anybody even use Internet Explorer anymore? Nope. I mean, really? Nope. <laughs> That's why. They say it's gonna have. Uh, it's gonna have uh, Firefox or not? They say it's gonna have a browser. It. I mean, it has a browser already. No, like a browser. Like, like an actual browser. browser. Oh, That's like cool. kind of like how uh, Google. I was Firefox. Google Chrome, or um, Safari. Yeah. That kind of thing. I'm not even Safari. There's another one, too. Opera. Opera. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It might be Opera. Opera's pretty good Opera. Opera for Apple. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Well, Opera's in the Wii system. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think Opera for Apple, maybe not. No. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I know Safari is. Um, yeah, Safari for sure, because you go to it iPod. Comes yeah. 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 <clears throat> so what else? What else is... Um, there's a lot of great games coming out. That's for sure. I already showed you. Um, you, you looked one up yourself, because we're on this whole you know Final Fantasy XIV thing. And you, you've right. seen the trailer yourself. The gameplay, like if we ever get a chance for you to come over and you see like the gameplay, you'll be you'll be amazed. Um, You've seen Elder Scrolls. Uh, there's a game coming out. It's called Drive Club. Uh, look, that game. Everything looks, looks so real. Really? On that it, game. It was like racing game. Uh -huh. I was like in shock. It looks like you're a real person driving a real car. Really? Yes. Yes. It's, it's the graphics are amazing. Mm -hmm. All the graphics for PlayStation 4 are amazing. I can just imagine what Final Fantasy would look like on the PlayStation 4. Mm hmm. It looks like a lot better than it does on PlayStation 3. Another thing. That I, I failed to mention, a lot of games that are going to be on uh, PS3, like mm -hmm. downloadable games and stuff, they're all being ported to PS4 and remastered. Now, here's a question for you. Now, I, I understand that they're they're enhancing the graphics, and, and you talk about there's you know better gameplay, but the actual process of gaming, the actual controls, is there any difference in that, or is mm -hmm. it the same? Well, because they're coming out with this whole new controller, and you've seen the controller for yourself, there's a touch touchpad sensor, share it's button. Right um, <laughs> uh, Roblox, you know the Xbox One has the same back remote, right? Yes. Yeah. Identical same. Actually, it looks a little bit more bulkier, to be honest with you. It does. It looks like a boomerang. <laughs> it does. It looks like a boomerang. Anyway, like I said, uh, they, the whole controller thing, I say some games are going to have the whole touch sensor type thing. Uh, because I think, honestly, all these games that are coming out for, like I mentioned before, I think it's going to be an MMO system now, because Blizzard got a contract with Sony to do Diablo on there. Uh, DC's being remastered on there. Uh, well, Final I mean, Fantasy XIV. want to play MMOs because they're, con they're replayable content. You can play it forever. Yeah, and a lot of people, like, they, they can't afford to go out and buy a game, spend that amount of money on that game. Now, how much does games, because you would be the person to ask, um, to make a video game, okay, uh, best 
here's okay. Here's an example. Say uh, you don't know the movie does well. We decide we want to make make it a video game. How much would that cost to make it make it into a video game? It depends. Yeah. Depends on graphics, I'd say voice all actors. Games for the Xbox Four, the PlayStation Four are going to be millions. Millions to make. Yeah, the graphic, all that CGI stuff. Mm-hmm. It looks so realistic. I mean, if you want, the more dumbed down the graphics are, the cheaper it's going to be. Yeah. But I know CGI costs. I mean, the, the cost of CGI has gotten lower in the past ten years a lot. Right. But it's, I still say millions. Mm-hmm. Square Enix probably have millions to make this game and lost millions of the other games, so they're probably hoping to make like. A lot of money. Yeah. And I do think that they're going to make a lot of money, too, because... I think they are, too. Like, they're so... They're, already, they're talking about releasing uh, content for to purchase, like, items and stuff that you can use for your characters. Like, Where? Uh, i seen on their, their uh, forum sites, they were talking about, like, them uh, releasing, like, XP coupons and stuff like that. No. But I don't think so. They can't. Yeah. No, no pay-to-play games have that kind of shit. People won't do it. Yeah. That's what I was this thinking. Is I was like, this is a rule of MMOs. A free to play MMO, it's free to play, but you're gonna have to pay money if you want to have the best. Yeah. Pay to play, they're not gonna release any type of extra shit that you have to pay for, because people are gonna get mad. So they're not gonna do that. So what? What is? Let's see. How do I ask this question? How is it gonna be different playing this game? You know, the new Final Fantasy to playing the old Final Fantasy on on the previous. PlayStation. The online one or the actual just in general Final Just in general. The graphics are going to be way better. The graph, well, depending on the game, actually. Usually, uh, like for this, the controls are, they're kind of funky at first, but you got to get used to them because you have all your skill trays and stuff since right. you know, you're leveling up your character, you get all these different skills through leveling. And that's, and when you say this, that is because you guys are, are beta testing. Final, Fan- Final Fantasy fourteen, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's just to catch the listeners up to speed. Yes. Um, and also, every Final Fantasy, whether it's an MMO or just a, you know regular one, uh-huh. the the battle systems are going to be different. The stories mm-hmm. are going to be different. They change it up every time because they want to keep it new. They want to keep people in, in the game. Entertain, yeah. But I say the biggest change is going to be the graphics, wise the way it runs, the way it looks. Now, other than the PlayStation, was there anything else? That was that caught your attention at the E3. Well, what's that? It doesn't a who was it? it? Came out with a a little handheld game system. I'm talking about. Uh, I have no idea. Was it was it Android? I was telling you about that. Were you? Yes, I was. I was telling you about oh, the Android and Nvidia made a game system. Of a handheld one. Yeah. The Vita. Yeah. And what? What yeah, you game are you gonna? Well, like uh, I think I was mentioning this on the previous podcast. Um, they're uh, they're releasing this. I think they already released it, but I seen it in a game form that they released this, this thing where you have it on the Android market. Uh-huh. You get all these like free to play games, but like you know pay to play content on there. Uh huh. But you can hook it up to your TV and it can be full 720p, <laughs> and you can use the the little handheld uh, thing to be the controller. You don't have to look at the screen. You have the TV. Interesting. So, you know, I thought that I thought that was pretty cool because a lot of people like I know that they have like iPads and like uh, like um, what's that thing called the Nexus Seven or whatever. Right. Like you know, just tablets in general. 
I know a lot of people like to use tablets for those types of games and, you know, the touch sensories stuff like that. Now you can go on there and it's got like a mouse and stuff so you can click on whatever and you have actual full functional controls. Now for me personally, I just, I haven't made that transition into tablets. I haven't I mean, used the tablet. The only thing that I like is like cell phones and iPods. I, I There's no real use for a tablet unless you're on... DC Universe trying to look up stuff. Right. <laughs> well, for me, too, is is also tablets, their their initial hard drive. I mean, mm-hmm. I know they use flash drives now. Yeah. For the inside, but, you know, the size of the, the memory is nothing. Yeah. Uh, what was it? We went to Staples, and we seen um, that uh, Windows 8 uh, little laptop thing with the keyboard in it. The tablet, laptop. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And it, it was like five or six hundred dollars for something that's forty gigs. That's that's right now. Just to put things in perspective. Right now, with all the podcasts that we've done, mm-hmm. we are at six gigs just in all in the last six months. So we average about a gig, a gig a month. month. You know, so in in forty months, that would be full just from MP3s. Yeah. So, again, so that's my big thing. I think the only reason they come out with those things is so, uh, and it's going to sound a little bit like stereotypical, but people that are like business people, yeah, they need those in order to like keep in touch. Because, you know, like I went to, uh, you remember I went to Colorado, right? And when we were at the uh, Denver National Airport, there were so many people there that had like tablets, little laptops, and stuff that were hooked up to all the Wi Fi. I have to hurt you. Huh. Any characters made then self-made a carryover to the real game. Oh, yeah, I know that. I know that. You didn't see that? They got deleted. No, it's just phase three. Oh, okay. When right. phase four is... Rebecca's technically not a part of this podcast, this episode, but she is here. She's right behind us. She's on the computer. That's what she's... Sorry, guys. <laughs> she's excited. Uh, we're both excited. But, yeah, uh, what she was mentioning is... What she was talking about was uh, that there's different, like, I was telling you that there's different phases to these betas. Right. And the first two phases were uh, strictly PC, and now that they released on the beta for the PS3, which was Friday, Right. and we got our codes really late for whatever reason, and um, we started playing it, and uh, <clears throat> when it got shut down, we were just astounded. We were like, why? Yeah, in two days, 48 hours exactly, it got shut down, and we didn't hear a word until like almost a day later. So we know well, they're shutting the thing down because this, that, this, that. You know, it's skeptic- they're trying to skepticize what's going on. Right. And um, what what's going to happen is after they're done with Phase 3, they're going to go on to Phase 4 since Phase 3 is an exclusive access closed beta. Uh-huh. Only people with the codes can get in. play. And uh, for Phase 4, it's going to be an open beta, which everybody can play. But all characters, what she just said, is all characters that are made during this open beta, which will be in July 20th, right? Yeah, only last two weeks. Only two weeks, July 20th, all the way leading into August, which is August 27th is the release of the game. And you can pre-order it, get all your bonuses, stuff like that. There's a lot of gone bleh, content that's going to be coincided with these bonuses that's really, really good. So, take advantage of that if you want it. Um... Go to the open beta if you want to play it. I recommend it. She recommends it. You've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> cool, yeah. I, uh, 
I just got too many things on my plate right now to really yeah. get into something that would be so time consuming like that. Well, by the time um, you know, we start, you know, getting our like our shit together, we probably won't even have time for this. Like maybe a few hours a day. Right. So. Now it's funny you said something. In fact, I was going to bring this up and I was going to invite you to come over to Who's the Boss so we could talk about this. Mm-hmm. But I'll just kind of touch on it now. Um. Remember we did the the two episode podcast yeah. when I said that I was going to make you the CEO. Well, I got an email. Let's see today. Oh, by the way, happy Father's Day to everybody that's listening. I know it'll it's be Monday. Late, yeah, I know it'll be Monday by the time you guys hear this, but it's still technically happy. You know, it's Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Um, but anyway, so it was today. I got an email this morning. Well, this afternoon. I didn't mm-hmm. get up until this afternoon. Um, you know, asking what the progress, what we're going to do, you know, as far as the the business and you being the CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still, everything's still a go at this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything, yeah. You're still interested in doing doing that, right? Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more maybe on who's the boss but just to clarify because it was a, a scene red question mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot about it yeah but you you are still in the mix you're still going to be doing things uh, you guys are still going to be producers for the Ayotno movie that's mm-hmm. coming out um, you're going to be Okay, I'll go ahead and I guess I can, because I'm letting a little bit out here and there. Um, he's going to be the character Hiroshimo, which I have to admit, after I casted you, you know, as the voice, I, I've actually gone back in and given given you some cooler lines, mm-hmm. just because I think hearing your voice in my head, I, I'd be able to, you know, concoct dialogue a lot better. Um, which leads me to that. The Yotnum script is about 90% done. The first draft. Mm-hmm. So now it's gonna. I'm gonna start. I, I have to finish Act Three, mm-hmm. and now I have to start typing, typing it all on the computer because I I've written this entire thing. Sorry, that's okay. I've written in this entire thing by hand. So you have to first, go back up and then type, type it. it. Yeah. So the first draft is actually almost done. So we're getting ever so close. You know, because, um, you know, the, the third draft will be the final draft, and mm-hmm. then it'll go to the script editor, and, and we'll, we'll put everything together, and we'll get this Kickstarter started. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's get it started. <laughs> so, I just had to throw that in real fast. Just, mm-hmm. so now, I, I had to segue, so now we'll segue back into the E3. Well, a lot of things with E3, uh, some games I didn't mention that were, you know, they're, they're uh, other franchise titles that are, you know, just coming straight from, you know, PS3 because they're PlayStation-only titles like Killzone. Killzone, uh, was it Shadowfall? That looks really good. That was one of the trailers I was showing you. That was when, you know, the guy got on the rope and, you know, it looked all real. Right. Like, the whole city is like you... You wouldn't have never imagined graphics would be that way. Um, another one that I, uh, that I showed you was the Castlevania game. Oh yes, 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 and uh, they—I think they had that that for Xbox. Xbox showed that because I looked at all the um, all the stuff for uh, PlayStation E3 conference, and like I was blown away. They have all these different indie titles coming out, and uh, you sh- you seen some of like you know the the, the octopus looking dude, those dancing yeah, around. yeah. Um, the guys from uh, the Scott Pilgrim game that they made. 
they're making like a, a side scroll sort of uh, how do I explain this? Side scroll sort of contra feel type game. Okay. And they're making that as an indie game. Um, the people that made Bastion, I don't know if you're familiar with no, Bastion. No, no. Um, they uh, they're making a game, and they're putting it on uh, PS3, and it's sort of like a it's an over the top sort of future puzzle type game. Mm-hmm. And um, you guys you know can go online and check it out if you want. Uh, people that know about Bastion, the same people are getting hired from Sony, and they're real excited about that. Um, a lot of other games. Uh, this game that really caught my attention and her attention as well is called The Order. I think 1886. Yeah, and it's the trailer. And then you've seen a little bit of the trailer. I don't know if you, uh, you it just rolled past you or what, but it was like these people. Basically, they're like in this uh, medieval-looking armor type thing, right? And they're in this this wagon, and like London-ish. It looks like it would be like in in, in London or somewhere in the UK, like that. Right, right. And uh, you know, they come out and they got these guns with them, and I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm just like, why would they be wearing like armor? With guns, right. right? So they get out and they they got like walkie talkies on them and stuff like that. I'm like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> and they got they they bring out their guns and these guns look like steampunk guns. So I'm thinking, I was like, well, wagon with steampunk looking guns I was like this is gonna be a steampunk game, right? right? I was like, I was like, excited for that. And then out of nowhere, they uh, and you, you seen the the old school looking pistol that the dude was using, was like, right? Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, I remember. And Basically, it looks like it's going to be, like, somewhat involved with zombies or something. Something like that. But it's going to be, like, a steampunk shooter-type game. So, I, that that looked real cool to me. I was like, that's a cool idea that they do, because, I mean, Dishonored kind of had that feel to it, but it was more, like, fantasy-based. Right. This is, like, straight-up, like, steampunk. Now, for our listeners that aren't familiar with steampunk... Steampunk is a, a cross between Victorian... Uh, style of dressing mixed with like um, gears and like a rusty kind of feel to it, like more metal. Right. Not like metal as in like a genre of music metal. It's more like metal, metal, like physical, physical alloy. metal, metal. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's like everything looks like that. You know, they're wearing like knight type armor. Like I said, they got walkie talkies and stuff on them. Like they're communicating. And I thought it was really cool looking because. You wouldn't think it's like a steampunk shooter zombie game. Right. In 1886. That seems out of the blue. And another game that kind of caught my attention is, I, I didn't think you, uh, you should go online and look at the trailer for this, but it's called The Dark Sorcerer. If anybody wants to look this up, it's hilarious. It's, I'm not going to try to ruin anything, but a little bit of spoiler for it. It's going to be funny. Okay. What you see is not what you'll get. Okay, here's my stuff. Okay. Anyway, um, uh, Assassin's Creed 4, like I said, is another one of the franchises that are going to be ported over to PS4. Um, what year is it going to be this time? It's going to be during seven. It's going to be a little bit after. Um, I'd say what? How many years? Like maybe a hundred years? For Assassin's Creed 4. Because Assassin's Creed 4 involves pirates, you know, Blackbeard. Yeah, you're right. you know. It's a sign. Yeah. Well, no, not... Yeah, you're right. 
Like Shut 20 up. 20 years, 30 years? Yeah, about 20 or 30 years. After? Yeah. After uh, the character from uh, Assassin's Creed 3, Cloner. Uh-huh. Um, it's going to be, like, a few decades after that. And basically, like I said, it's going to involve pirates and stuff like that. You know, Blackbeard, you're going to have a bunch of shit battles. And this is the thing that made me laugh, is because of, I, I've played Assassin's Creed games for so long that I know the feel for this, right? right. So when they were going through and they were playing the live demos, I was thinking, I was like, wait, it's kind of, like, choppy. And everybody who knows, or everybody that plays Assassin's Creed games, every year they release one. Right. It's rushed. And they know this because of the way the game plays. It's choppy, the way the animations are. Um, what happened was when they were, when they were doing the live demo, they had this guy playing the game. You know, it looks real good. It was acting real good. You know, he was going through. It was getting smooth. And then it was like, dun, dun, lag, lag, lag. And then finally at the very end of the demo, like, not even at the very end of the demo. He was still in the demo, but he was playing it, and it just kept freezing and freezing and freezing and freezing and lagging and freezing. And it just completely came to a stop, right? So they shut it down and went straight to the next game. This dude came out and started talking about Watch Dogs. It made me laugh. I was like, see, that's what happens when you rush video games. It's stuff like that. But, okay, here's a thought, and this is just me being, you know, trying to sell something for so many years. Mm -hmm. If you have a reputation of doing that, you know, your sales are going to be crappy because there aren't going to be that many people going back to it. Exactly, because you're going to be releasing a game after a game after a game after a game. Look at Final Fantasy. Okay. It's about every two to three years that they release a new Final Fantasy. Right. And that's a good marketing scheme. So, when they do stuff like that, they, it makes people, like, intrigued at the fact that there's another one coming out. Because like, if you look, and during those years that they don't release a game, all these other games come out, and it's like, people go through them, like, shoots. It's like, you put one on, you wear them out, and then you go get another pick. Right. Now when it comes to Final Fantasy, people are, like, so in-depth in the game that they don't want to play any other game until they're completely finished with that game. Right. Because if you look at games like Call of Duty, Call of Duty is just like, in a, in a way, like Assassin's Creed. They've made it to where every game is almost the exact same. Just a little bit different. So when that happens... The replay value goes down. Nobody wants to buy it. And I've had discussions with other people because I used to be a hardcore Call of Duty player and Rebecca will vouch for that because she, she knows my temper. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I used to break controllers. I broke my headset because of Call of Duty. <laughs> yes. Okay. I used to break controllers all the time, throw the game across the room, you know, and it's just, it's so agitating. And it's not like I was bad at the game. It's just that it was so frustrating because it's the same thing over and over and over. And, and it's like anytime that a Call of Duty game comes out, everybody wants to play that. So anytime you want to go play another game with anybody else, right? there's nobody on there to play with. So it, virtually the game itself is not boring. It's just the fact that you're by yourself, it's boring. Gotcha. That's why I think that the PlayStation 4 is going to be more MMO-based because it can support that. And that's what I like about it. There's more versatility within it. Because if you look over there on um, 
Rebecca's PlayStation, you see all those games that are downloaded. Oh, is that what those are? Yes. Okay. That's the Final Fantasy XIV beta. Underneath it is Portal 2. Underneath that is a remake of a PlayStation 2 game called Ico. Underneath that's Terraria. You're going to laugh at me, but I like to play Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh is kind of fun. <laughs> 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 um, Dead Space 3. And yeah, it, it's... You know, there's so much memory involved in these systems that it, it is like a computer. Mm-hmm. But like she was mentioning, nobody wants a computer within a gaming system. It could either be a gaming system as a computer, or it can be just a computer. Gotcha. Because if you go to the store, people ask you what your computer reference is. What are you going to use it for? Music? Videos? You know, stuff like that. Gaming? What's your preference? And then they give you something based on that at an adequate value. And... You know, you, you were like that when you, ch- you picked out your laptop, right? Oh, yeah. Exactly. Everybody's like that. That's like going to the store and picking, like, something cheap with more in it that's the same as something that's name brand with less in it. So. Yeah. Um, so, any... Okay, let, real fast, just give us the specs of all the new stuff, or what you can remember, new stuff that's going to be added to... The PS3. Well the, P- well, the PS4. Or PS4, I'm sorry. Um, PS4 is going to have a, what was it, a 1.8 teraflop uh, GPU. Um, it's going to have six... Now, what's the difference between a teraflop and a terabyte? Um, a terabyte is, like, the, the amount of memory that right. is stored. A teraflop is, like, the memory that's processed through that. Gotcha. So, uh, there's going to be a 16-core processor that's going to help with that... Um, I can't remember what else is in there, but I know for a fact that it's they're not going to have the same, and I think we went over this last episode, they're not going to have the same uh, disc, I mean, it's still going to be Blu-ray, but it's not going to be the same disc reading laser. Right. So it's going to read different Blu-rays. Um, because they're multi-layered. Yeah. And what that is means you can't get the PlayStation 3 games to play on PlayStation 4, which is going to suck, but like I said, they're going to they're gonna have like all the PS3 games that were you know on PS3 ported over to PS4, so you can play them on that. If you have them downloaded on your account, if you have anything purchased on your account, it's all going to carry over to the PS4. Um, PS4 is going to have a cloud server, and we talked about that too. Um, the, the, the subscription fee is not going to be that much at all. Uh, what else? Um... You can share, like I said, you can share your games through people. Uh, people can play your games for you if you're having trouble. You can go and live chat with people. Um, game sharing. Uh, I don't know about game sharing like account-wise, but game sharing like via actual copies of the game. Right. That will be easy because if you're playing a game that involves you having to have the subscription to play online, you, all you have to do is give a person the game. You don't need any, like I said, voucher codes or any, uh, you know... Extra shit. Yeah. And that's why, again, that's why I think Xbox is gonna fail, is because you have to pay all that money. So. And it's not like, uh, PS4 is gonna have, you know, all this digital streaming content. It's gonna have, uh... It's gonna have pay-per-view channels on there. Like, mm-hmm. if, you know... If, I know a lot of people that like to go watch fights and stuff like that. Like, at other people's place, they're going to have a huge event. You know, watch the MMA fights, boxing fights, stuff like that. 
um, they go there and they have that. Well, now you don't really need a cable box because Sony has that on their PS4. You can order those through them, and the service is directly delivered to the PlayStation. Wow. Yeah. I think the only thing that would be cooler than that is is that if, you know, say you... Say I, I order UFC at my place and you can't make it, but you still want to see it, I give you a code and you can watch it right off your... I think what they're going to do with that is they're going to have a... Just, maybe they're going to have um, a thing for it, like where it's going to be live, but after that, mm -hmm. you can pay to uh, download a copy of that on your system. Oh, okay. I think that's what they might do. What they might do with that. I'm not completely sure on that. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to shift around... Uh, we're sitting on leather couches and it's hot in here. Oh yes, starting to stick to them. <laughs> I know, I feel you. Um, but yeah, like I said, the the E three was pretty good this year. I, I enjoyed it. Um, there's a game, and they mentioned this back in February. Uh, and if anybody watched the stuff during February, I remember I, I showed Rebecca this. But there's this game coming out called Beyond Two Souls, and it involves this girl that has a uh, she basically, I, I don't know what happens to her, but somehow she ends up getting, like, these these, uh, these telekinetic powers or something. And uh, you can go in, and it's like, a, it's not, not, not even, not tel telekinetic powers, it's like a, like a spirit. Okay. Like a spirit follows her. Uh-huh. And what the spirit does is, like, you, you can, like, choke people out, and you can make people kill other people. And basically, you're trying to navigate through all this stuff. Because they're trying to get to you and examine you or whatever, and uh, it, it looks like a really good game. They they got some real good. Uh, they got like actual actors mm -hmm. to do this, so they're no, like actors. In, yeah, like they're they're in these suits. You know how games are now. It's like the people are in these suits and they do all the actions through the suits. Everything that they say is straight dialogue from when they're doing all the stuff. So it's like all live action gameplay recording. If that makes sense. Right, because it's the real body language. It's yes. their movements. Yes. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, and uh, after this I'll show you a trailer of it, and if people want to go see it and it sounds intriguing to you, go and go online and uh, watch a, watch the trailer. It's a pretty cool game, I think. It's a, this is a completely different feel from any other game that I've seen. So, Well, you know, at this point I, I have to say I think you actually talked me into not buying the Xbox One. Uh, for one, one thing that we didn't talk about is the Xbox One is a hundred dollars more. Yes. Than the, the PS4. So that's that's significant. But you know, like you were saying earlier, and I'm I'm very much like that. Uh, what Rebecca was saying, I like my laptop, my computer for my computer shit. Yes. Once in a while, I'll watch a video on my laptop. But for the most part, I watch movies, videos on my TV. Yes. You know, um, I have the Wii, I have the Xbox, you know, the, the 360 mm -hmm. for video games. And I, I like it being separate. I really, I'm not one of those type of people that wants to just like clusterfuck everything together in one device. I'm not really for that. Yeah, because then you run the device down. That's what I think is going to be the ultimate downfall of that. I agree. So, but yeah, I, I don't really see myself purchasing an Xbox One. Another thing about the Xbox One, uh, I think I, I mentioned it earlier, was the, the voice activation. And you have 
to use the Kinect in order to play the Xbox One or to even So that's it. another extra hundred bucks yes. right there. It's included, but that's, yeah, you have to have it replaced. So, again, with that, it's just, it, there's nothing that great about it. I mean, everything that comes with the Xbox basically comes with the PS3, because the PS, or I mean the PS4, um, it comes with the little camera thing, it comes with the controller. You buy it from the PS4. Oh, you do? Yeah, but you don't have to have it. You don't have to have it. That's not a necessity. Okay. So... Again, it's, it's so much better to have a PS4 than it is. PS4 has more options. Yeah. I'll definitely wait, because I, I even at that, I'm still not going to drop $400. On like, boom, yeah. That's yeah, not... No, I would definitely wait, too, but <coughs> we're going to have the money. We're just going to go get it. And, right. You know, we'll have it already readily available. So, I, I knew how excited you were about... Because... Rebecca's sick, but you, you made it kind of into the, the show, which I'm happy about. But I knew how excited you were last week about mm-hmm. talking about this, so that's why I decided to come over here, is because I wanted to let you talk and, mm-hmm. and you know, give us the skivvy on, on the, the new PS4. Mm-hmm. But before I leave, um, i got to tell you a little funny story. Last week, for some weird reason, I got a wild hair up my ass. Um... I was going to quit smoking. And Lacey talked me into going and buying these blue electronic cigarettes. And that's, that's the, I was telling her about that. And no one told me that you You, you have smoke. to get all these other things. Yeah, it's vapor. Yeah, well, but I mean, you smoke your cigarette, you know, intermittently between smoking that. You know, mm-hmm. you just don't sit down your cigarette. So throughout the day, I, I had got up that morning had a real cigarette, went to the smoke shop, got a sick, you know, the e-cigarette, mm-hmm. and I'd been smoking and puffing on it throughout the day. Well, about mm, probably 6 o'clock, it was on a Tuesday, uh, I was just angry. I mean, I was just to the point where Lacey's like, where's the cigarettes? And I was like, I didn't buy any fucking cigarettes. <laughs> and she's like, why? Because I have the electronic cigarettes. And she's like, you need a real cigarette. And uh, so Terry had called. We were talking about some personal issues with him. And I had brought that up. And he was laughing because he's like, you know, you don't stop smoking. He goes, your problem is, is you're, you're going through nicotine withdrawals. Because even if you smoke an electronic cigarette, you're still not getting the amount no, of nicotine, nicotine that your body gets from an actual cigarette. So... We were going to do a recording of Winnebur... No, Winnebur... Wow. Sheer uh, Darkness. Or... Uh, not... Ah, jeez. I can't talk. Of what we think. And I called S.A. Burbank, and I told her, I was like, I can't do this. I'm going through withdrawals. And I end up canceling the show. And, you know, me and podcasting. You yeah. Know, I, especially when it comes to scheduling. I'm very... I'm a stickler to schedule. Mm-hmm. But you, you had the known... I was going through some serious withdrawals to cancel a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So by the end of the night, I was like, fuck it. Give me the real cigarette. And uh, it's, that's why I'm smoking. Yeah. But it was just kind of a funny, because Lacey's the one I think was more that coaxed me into trying to quit because mm-hmm. she's concerned because, yes, I've, I've gotten really heavy. And, and with smoking and being heavy, it's, it's been harder for me to breathe. And at the end of the day, she's like, 
Fuck it. Don't care if you die. Go get a cigarette. <laughs> so, that was my little story. Uh, that's just one. I, I've been around cigarettes my whole life. I, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, it was probably one of the biggest things. You always love drinking, apparently. Yeah. Well, you're a, a social smoker. Only when apparently. I'm drunk. Only when I'm drunk, because I don't taste anything. That's why. Mm. Alright, kids. That's... I was fucking wasted, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. I swear. Those ambience. Those ambience. Alright, kids. That's enough for this week. Uh, come back, and then Rebecca will be feeling better. We'll, we'll get into some more weird news. Did you hear about my weird animal news, by the way? Good for that scene had her daughter. It's a little troll. <laughs> Alright, that's it for this week. I'm David K. Montoya. And I'm Aaron Illich. Say it very loud. And Rebecca C. Lockbrick. And if you've listened to this entire program and you don't like video games, then you're probably <laughs> really seeing red. <laughs> Good night, guys. And of course, now that we've, you know, come out of the 2013 and getting ready to go into the 2014 E3, uh, you know, we're, we're still looking forward to some really exciting things. Though, I, I have to say, we still have an Xbox 360. I'm just not willing to pay $600 for a new gaming console with all these bugs in it. Just way too much money. Um, though we still, you know, buy new games from time to time when it comes out. All right, kids. Well, that is it for this week. Uh, come back next week. Rob and Mike will be back in the chair and they'll be pulling you three episodes from the Jason Modcast archive. So for this week, I am David K. Montoya and I'll see you next time right here on Flashback Fridays.